On part two of our look back at every unreleased Dreamcast game ever, we share our thoughts on every game from N to Z and give them a letter grade ranking. Did we miss out on some true classics or did we dodge several bullets? Let's find out on Sega Talk. Megabits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Hey, weirdly, I think what threw me off was NTZ, and then I'm talking about letter grades. Anyway, hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Sega Talk podcast. I'm Barry, with me is George. Hello, everyone. And as I said at the top of the show, this is a part two episode. It's honestly, this is kind of like our Deathly Hallows or our like uh, the uh, season, the last season. Yeah, or like Twilight, the last Twilight, or you know, the last. I don't know. It it just it's it's such an epic episode that we had to break it into. Honestly, for our own sanity. Um, and who do we have to thank for this? But Michael S. So George, how can people support us on Patreon, like Michael? S did. If you go on your computer or mobile phone and you go to patreon.com slash Sega Bits, you could check out our Patreon with different tiers, starting with $1. And uh, if you go up to $20, you get to pick an episode like uh, Michael S did. If you pay $5, you get the video version a week early. And if you pay only a dollar, you get the audio version early. So it's a great way to support the show. And keep us going. Absolutely. And we get to do something a little different on this episode. Since we did a part one, there's all this like chit-chat, jibber-jabber of us, two hours worth, on the internet that people have picked apart and dissected and made comments on. We had a lot of really cool comments from some people. Uh, I just wanted to touch on a few of them. First up, we have uh, one here from... John Nada sixty eight fifty five. He says, "Sega bits guys, Agartha is playable. There is a demo oh. on the CD Romance webpage, as well as other Dreamcast canceled games. Uh, Agartha was more cursed mountain on the N- Nintendo Wii and Alone in the Dark. A survival that. horror that happens in a mountain seemed interesting. Sadly, the demo is a very early prototype, and there's oh. not much to it." Uh, but it's very interesting in the ambience. You know, as as I read that, I remember there being a news story not too long ago about that being discovered. And yeah, it, it was more like vibes, as the kids say. There right. there wasn't so much content. It was, And I think that's where I got the Shenmue sort of uh, comparison from because I feel like Shenmue, a lot of the early portions of the finished game are just like feelings, like sounds and looking around and... And from what I remember watching of that game, at least the demo showed that. But I'm I'm certain there is a lot more like alone in the dark sort of uh, stuff going on there. Um, just a nice comment from Relax Alex X. Most underrated podcast ever. Love listening to it when being busy. <laughs> when being busy. <laughs> um, it, it was also mentioned here that uh, we should play Discworld Noir which was another unreleased game. It's one of my favorite point-and-click games, definitely the best retro one. Yeah, there were some games that either had earlier titles 
on other platforms or games that had titles that were ported or released later on to like PS2, Xbox, things like that. Um, Draken was released to the PC and PS2. I don't know if that's a correction or or we omitted that information. Um, and then we have, let's see, uh, we have a comment here saying, and this will kind of lead into the last comment. This would have been better as a retrospective and not as a tier list based on your own personal preferences and lack of research. I dislike the video and hit do not recommend channel. Well, first off, Thank thanks you. for that. Thanks for that. (laughs) Thanks for not only doing that, but going out of the way to like hurt our our rankings and all that shit. But we said at the top of the show, on the first episode, this was a Patreon pick, and they very specifically wanted a unreleased Dreamcast Games tier list. Right. So that's what we're offering up. Secondly, and well, actually, let me read this other comment, and then I'll get into it. So we had another comment here. I don't know why he tagged 15 minutes in. I guess there's something there. Um, I hate to be hurtful, but I found this blasé and pretty rude slash ignorant. Well, first off, this is video games, so calm the fuck down. <laughs> At least he said he didn't want to be rude. I don't want to be hurtful. It's ignorant, though. Come on. Um, I'm usually lockstep with you on everything and pretty trusting. And I understand there are 60 games. There actually were 130 games. Right. Um, But did you even look this up apart from a summary paragraph on Wikipedia? One. So when I was doing the research for this episode, it was 160 games. I kept it limited to what I could find on Sega Retro. And with that in mind, I was also using everything that was referenced within those articles. So it's not just Sega Retro. It's the article written as well as their findings linking to other sources. Having said that, I could not, (laughs) with the time that I have, do deep research on 130 games. So I picked out certain ones that we would talk a little bit more about. And we even found ones that we were like, oh, this is interesting. Let's do a proper Sega Talk episode on that where we would do more research. So there's more to come. Um, He said it was a huge... Oh, okay. Oh, he's he's referencing um, the Alien game. Oh. saying it was a huge stepping stone in the implementation of analog and first-person control schemes for consoles, making decisions that, while derided at the time, went on to be adopted by Call of Duty years later. I mean, that's cool. That seems like very, like, if you're in the know, you know those sorts of things. But at the right. time, I, I don't remember anyone talking about the Alien game being like, ooh, this is actually an implementation of analog and uh, first-person control streams. or You know, like... Right. Okay. That's that's cool though. Thanks for sharing that. Um, but, Rathal- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go but on. we were ranking it. We were ranking it on based on popularity and right. like if it would sell consoles. So it is cool. It's almost like the same thing with like uh, horizontal side scrollers where they're mm-hmm. like people are like Mario isn't the first one. It's this Pac Man game that came out like four years before. But it's like yeah, but nobody really plays right. that game. So popularity wise, it would be Mario. Right, right, right. Um, graphically, the game is still very favorably looked back on and genuinely pushed the PS1 graphics hardware. I'll jump in, though. This is We were talking about Dreamcast games. Right. So I, I think there are a lot of cool PS1 and N64 games that really pushed the hardware. But then when they ported it to Dreamcast, it was just a PS1 port 
or an N64 port. The Dreamcast could do more. And I think some great examples of that are like Rayman 2, where right. they really upgraded the game. And then there's some where it's just nice to get like a 60 frames per second, crispy kind of feeling game like uh, Episode 1 Racer, things like that. So I'm not I'm not shitting on the PS1 version. Maybe it does look cool. Um but it's not a you know it's not a Dreamcast game. Um, finally, given the developers involved, Argonaut Games, I'm sure the port to Dreamcast would have been much better than your jibes suggested. They pretty much broke the boundaries of every platform we they worked on, as we all know. Well, not everyone knows that, so it's great that you know a lot about Argonaut Games. You know that that developer that let's look them up i don't want to shit talk them too much let's see right because they might they might make some classics and then we'll be like pie in our face and you know what it's okay i'm actually okay with people disagreeing with us because at the end of the day they did i don't know they did croc two yes i think that's the one we talked about croc two right it was supposed to be ported oh they did star fox did that really but I'm looking at some of these I would and say like Star Fox the, for the Super Nintendo was a big deal at the time when it came out. But I'm not seeing. I, I guess we were basing it on that specific game. We weren't like right. trying to we be like, oh, let's do a big the... developer retrospective of Argonaut Games. And I think um, we and did I'm... kind of crap on Croc because it is kind of a slow platformer, to be honest. It is like, kind of a yeah. slow one. Uh, but yeah, going back here, and then we had um, uh, the previous commenter say, yeah, the research here was very lackluster. I would be upset if my 20 bucks went towards this. Well, as I mentioned, we are covering, and let me look at the final count here, 230 games in right. four hours, in, in pre, pretty much three and a half hours. So you can't expect us to do deep research on that many games. And we said at the front of the show, it's a tier list. We are using the information from Sega Retro. And as I said, I picked out certain ones that we have more knowledge of but in the end, it's it's just going through the games, describing them, having a bit of fun, making some comments, like, chill. Um, I am happy that people want more show. Yeah. Um, that's cool, but, like, it would be, like, eight hour and a half show. And and the last thing I'll say is that I'd be upset if my 20 bucks, well, we haven't heard anything from Michael S. towards the negative. He continues to support us, so he seems pretty happy there. And... I've done, for the first episode, I did about four or five hours of setup and and prep and everything, like assembling all the information. And then beyond that, a couple hours of just like on and off reading about games. Um, Setup for this one was similar. So you're looking at like eight to 10 hours of prep. And then we do about four hours of recording. And so take that, that's about two days worth of work, like two work days between two people and we're getting 20 bucks. So George, we're making basically five bucks a day. Right, right. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't know if you do freelance work, George. But when I do, I charge by the hour, and it's more than twenty bucks. Yeah. So I, I think, I think Michael's getting a pretty good deal here, and I, I, I don't know why Foontag and his buddy here are like, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Anyway, I, and if you guys want to change it up, you guys can support us. On you can support. Us. Tell us what kind of episode you want. Right, 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 Sean. And and I, I will admit, he did say, like, I'm usually lockstep with everything you say. But just, like, when you're, like, I, especially, I think, when you start, like, picking apart, like, our Patreon people and, like, bringing up the tier money. Like, come on. Don't don't be petty. 
Don't be petty. Anyway, <sighs> let's get into it. So, uh, our tier list from part one. George, do you have like a screenshot of that or something? Actually, in the, I have uh, the uh, Patreon. I mean, the Photoshop file. That yeah, yeah. So to. let's look at the part one folder. This is Got as it. I, a lot I of laid D's. it out. Remember? <laughs> yeah, a lot of D's. Um, so just to catch people up, S are games that we think could have helped the Dreamcast, potentially saved it, or at least put a few more months on it. A are games that we think would have been really fun to play. Might not have saved it, but I think they would have been essential releases, especially for fans like us. B would be games that were, we're not sure if they'd be good or bad, but there's something there that I think would have made them interesting. Uh, C are games where, you know, they, they, they would have been like a funny game to pick up, like Austin Powers Mojo Rally, but in the right. end, they really wouldn't have helped the console, but there's something kind of goofy, interesting. And then D are just like, we either don't know enough about them to even give them a ranking, uh, maybe they eventually did release and they were terrible, or as you can see in that cluttered corner there in the far right, um, whenever we say, I'll just stick it in the in the bottom corner... That's because it's like a game that no is like info. we no info. It's like Japanese release. There's no way it would ever come over here. And we're looking at this from a Western uh, American perspective, um, you know, from our perspective. So that's why. And thankfully, there actually aren't that many Japanese games in here. Um, so I think we're going to have a less cluttered corner. So, nice. yeah. So let's begin. Um, George, Start you can. Let's. Do part two. Look at that. It's like a new era. Um, so, first up, starting with the ends, we have NASCAR Heat. NASCAR oh. Heat, unreleased game for the Sega Dreamcast. Not much is known about it. Um, it's no Daytona USA, but it is a NASCAR racing game. Um, How do you quantify a NASCAR? Like, do people buy consoles for NASCAR games? Well, no, it's not It's not going to save the console. I mean, honestly, I, I think a B or a C just because... I'll put it on C just because I, I don't... Even as racing games, like, I never hear people go, damn, that NASCAR game. Like, the only NASCAR-related game I play that people really talk about, I maybe it's just because we're Sega fans, is Daytona. Uh, there's obviously, like... Uh, Forza, but like mm-hmm. those games are all like bigger and encompass more street racing. So right, I don't know. So I'll put it on C just because C's good. Right. Um, next up, we have the new Batman Adventures. It's a unreleased Dreamcast game based on the animated series of the same name. Ubisoft picked up the rights to produce video game adaptations in '99 and plan to release software for multiple systems. Projects emerged in 2001 as Batman Gotham City Racer for the PlayStation, Batman Chaos in Gotham, which I'd prefer Chows in Gotham, like Sonic the, the Hedgehog <laughs> characters, but, you know, what what can you do? Like Batman Chow Garden. Um, for the Game Boy Color, Batman Vengeance for the PS2, Nintendo, Xbox, and Game Boy Advance. And all that is known about the Dreamcast release is that it was a third-person action game. And this would have been coming off of Rayman 2. So I'm I'm thinking A, like a solid 
a solid adventure platforming game from I mean, can you imagine if they nailed like the aesthetics and did like um cell shading and it really looked like the cartoon come to life? Yeah, and you know, like uh, the Batman Arkham games have been big and I think it was just like comic book games done correctly have been a thing that people wanted for a long time. Even if it was just like a cartoony platformer with the cell shaded graphics and the engine of Rayman two, I think it would have been pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm I'm thinking A just based on the IP alone and the developer behind it. I mean, it's no Argonaut games, but Ubisoft is uh they're, they're pretty good well known. stuff. Yeah, they've done a few things. They've done a few things. Um this one is called Nijiro Tenchi. It's an unreleased simulation game from Japan Corporation. <laughs> um I'm just going to stick this one in the corner. Not yeah. much is known about it. And being a Japanese sim game, there's it never would have come over here, I don't think. Sadly, no. Sadly, no. So no Nijiri Tenshi. But this next one is pretty big. It's Ninja Gaiden As- or Gaiden. I mean, this is one of my favorite. This is one of, I think, like Japanese-wise and exclusive-wise, it's one of the best Xbox games. Mm-hmm. Uh, action games, I think... The first one is up there with, uh, I mean, it came out before Bayonetta and stuff, like almost like a decade before. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard for me to say like, oh no, this game is this game was really good. So in my opinion, it's S tier. What about you? I'm with you there. Um, I was going to say about this one, like like you said, this is a reboot. It's from Team Ninja and it was going to be on the Dreamcast in the early 2000s. Um, but of course, with the Dreamcast being killed off they moved it to the xbox uh instead of the ps2 because uh itagi was impressed with the console software development kits for the xbox um which you know goes in line with how smilebit also were looking at uh things like they really liked the hardware of the xbox even though it wasn't a very japan friendly uh platform so yeah this um finally released in 2004 but uh, yeah, a wow, a, it a, took forever all the way. It took a long time. Um, this next one, this is a wacky one. So Omicron Two: Nomad Soul Exodus was a sequel to Omicron: The Nomad Soul, the one with um, David Bowie on the cover, right? Uh, and and that game is rare now because yeah, of the yeah. whole David well, Bowie. It went down. I, I okay. actually am watching it right now. Um, I want to buy it, and it's now down to like forty something. So. I got, I got it for like ten bucks before. Like I mean, like I, I was like, oh, you know what? I need to get that game. And like he died like four months after I bought it, but I got it for almost nothing. And there's there's some concept art here. I actually have a URL we can look at from the notes. Um, I mean, I know my research is not that great. Right. I mean, no one, no one, we all... All I I did was, like, research it and find, like, information about it. Like, I didn't really do that much work. Like, look at this. Is David Bowie Um, in this one? I don't think so. Um, Okay. All all we can see, yeah, is the art. It's pretty wild looking, though. Um, It's 200 cycles later, so if that tells you how long time has passed but uh it, it looks cool it reminds me of kind of like um 
like Panzer Dragoon art, but like more mm-hmm. Americanized. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. could see that. Um, so what what do you think about? I mean, the original Omicron didn't really do that much for the Dreamcast. No. I don't think the sequel would have also, but it feels like a solid B game to me because I I would have played it. I think it looks cool. It's one of those games that was just like uniquely uh, a Dreamcast thing where you when you think of the the system. Mm-hmm. So B is that what you picked? Uh, I picked B, yes. Okay, I'll put it on B. I think that's a good one because, I mean, it didn't sell units, sadly, but it was a unique idea. And maybe giving it another shot, they could have fixed mm-hmm. a lot of the issues with the first game that people didn't, you know. But it's kind of hard to make a franchise when, like, the only reason anyone even wanted your game was because the artist on the cover died. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's a, <laughs> that's a shame. Um, this one's odd because it's Oni, but I don't know if it is the game we know as Oni. Um, but the that game, girl one? yeah, that's from Bungie West, uh, developed it, published by Take-Two Interactive. It did come out January 2001 for Windows, uh, and January 2001 for PS2. So I got to imagine it's the same game. Um, Me too. I'm looking at... They say that they have, like, a magazine article, but I can't click it, and it's, like, Polish, so it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how much work, if anything, was done on this one. It could have just been someone said, oh, yeah, we're going to release that to the Dreamcast, obviously. Um, The game itself, it's received 7 out of 10s, 90 out of 10, or 90 out of 100s. It's... It's about a 70% game, which in my opinion is good. Yeah. Um, but it still feels like it might sit alongside like Omicron 2, things like that. Where That's it's what I not, was thinking. Yeah, it's not setting the world on fire, but it's not a bad game. Um, but who's to say how the Dreamcast one would have played out? Right. Uh, this next one is <laughs> uh, Uzumu. It's an unreleased sumo wrestling game. Oh! From... S. Publisher bottom up. Um, I don't. I mean, I think it would go in the D, even though we like know it's a sumo game. We would never get it, and it won't affect us. It wouldn't affect us exactly. Uh, the next one is called Outcast. It's a third-person action game for the PC. A Dreamcast port was planned and even advertised in North America, but not released. Uh, thought to be down to poor PC sales. It was developed by Appeal. And it was published by Infograms. And um, just looking at it, uh, when I searched it out before, it it didn't really... I mean, it looks fine. It, it looks interesting. It, it's got this, like, weird uh, overworld, like, terrain, and you, like, walk around on it. Um, your main character is named Cutter Slade. He looks like the prophet I don't know. It's very weird. It looks like the sh- the show reboot, like the characters do. Um, I'm playing some gameplay. If you're watching the video version, and yeah, there's like these aliens. It kind of looks like they're trying to like copy Star Wars in a way. Like everything's dirt. You know how Star Wars is like a desert planet. Um, it's gotten really good reviews though, eights and nines. Um, but it sold really poorly. So it almost feels like one of those games that would have been a cult classic on the Dreamcast, but wouldn't have right. done much, if anything, for the platform itself. Um, 
It's not a lot of talking in this game, I've noticed. Oh, it's like a... Oh, okay. What? They, it has like a Stargate thing to it, too. Like, gates? Oh. Mm. Could be. It could have been interesting. So, what, so where will you put it at? Uh, I would say B. All right, I'll put it at B. There. There. Oh. Um, this next one's interesting. It's called Over the Top Soccer. Um, but so little is known about it that it, some people think it might actually have been released just under a different name. Um, there's a game called, uh, it, it could be a U.S. localized version of 90 Minutes Sega Championship Football, which released in Europe at the same time, or it could be a completely different name. So we don't know what this game would have been, but just looking at 90 Minutes Sega Championship Football, which only released um, in Japan and Europe, it is not a very good game. Uh, it scored pretty poorly, and there are better. Um, there's there are better so football soccer games out there for the Dreamcast. So, I mean, if if this thing's getting like really bad scores, like forty percent. Right. So I would say D, just because of how bad it was, and just, I would say though that over the top soccer is a better name than like ninety minutes Sega soccer. That's very. I guess the thing is, is it's like it promises a ninety-minute game, maybe. I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, is that always a good thing when you play sports games? Where you're like, all right, ninety minutes, here we go. Oh my god, yeah, that's true. How how long do you play a sport game? Like, what's the usual amount of time? You know what? It depends. I think on Madden they do like three-minute quarters or whatever. So I, th I mean, obviously you have to pick the play and you know that kind of stuff. So it usually lasts right. like up to like. 30 minutes i want to say so mm -hmm. 90 minutes is three times as long so that's pretty long i would say hmm. and well and I, it's like a real soccer game you're literally playing a real soccer game and you know that takes up to sometimes depending on fouls and stuff like hours right on tv yeah 90 minutes i mean i guess 90 minutes is the the go-to right. um this next one is called panic world Developed by Digital Eclipse, it's a puzzle game, and not uh, it is not thought to have been officially announced, but a playable prototype surfaced in 2021. Um, there's actually someone playing it on uh, X or Twitter, whatever you call it, and it basically looks like um, a matching game. Remember when we did our... Uh, the Sega Swirl episode. And that is a... That's, Sega Swirl is a game based on a old, old, old game. Oh. Um, and so this basically thinks Sega Swirl, but dropping down instead of going up. Um, or no, wait. Yeah, Sega Swirl dropped down in the direction. So this is like on the Sega Swirl on the ceiling with like butterflies and like weird like minecraft looking blockhead guys and anime girls it's very weird um i think this is a tech demo or just like a little side project i i can't see this being a commercial release how about you uh yeah i'm looking at it now um it does look really really limited so i would say this could have been like 
some online tech. Like, when you know how Sega would always have these, like, really simple games they try to get their online to go. So, like, I could see this being, like, given away with games for yeah. a company. So, I don't know. Kind of hard when you have the best already, right? Sega Sword. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to do what do you think? Um, I would put it on the, uh, not D, because, I mean, at least we have something to see right here. I played a little see, bit of it. Something to see. C, so I would say <laughs> C would be a good uh, one, right? And well, it's this cool next, to just have a uh-huh. puzzle game. I think puzzle games are easy, and you, it's hard to screw up. So this next one's going to bowl you over. It's PBA Tour Bowling 2001, a PC 10-pin bowling game once set for release on the Dreamcast before being canceled. It D- is an update to the PC game PBA Tour Bowling 2. D because I hated when like my like one of my grandparents gave me a bowling game because they got it for like five bucks because they're, they're so cheap because nobody buys them and you're huh. like oh a video game oh bowling well this this one's from Bethesda Softworks and it actually seems like it was finished because it leaked onto the internet but I don't know kind of like with over the top soft soccer like it just it doesn't seem like a Maybe it's a good game. Maybe in the comments we'll have someone who'd be like, actually, PBA Tour, that's pretty... Uh, Anybody that very, plays bowling that's games... That's ignorant. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. Anyone that like got a bowling game, they're like, oh my god, PBA Tour bowling or whatever. I'd be like, nah, man, we can't hang out. This, this system has Sonic Adventure on it. What are you doing? Well, George, this next one I'm excited to talk about. It's Picasso. Oh, didn't this guy do a bunch of paintings? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I like Picasso. I like Michelangelo. Um, no, Picasso. I remember reading about this in, in uh, magazines. It was in the official Dreamcast magazine, actually, the November 2000 issue. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's a stealth game. It's a oh. nonviolent game where your task is to steal famous works of art. Um, development moved to the PS2 and GameCube. Uh, though those versions were can- canceled, it would have been from Promethean Designs. And there's actually a lot of like preview content for this. I have screenshots that we can check out here. On, and, the, uh, on the pictures, right? Yeah, yeah, in the picture folder. It's our first picture folder picture. Um, wow. It looks silly, but like imagine like, um, like Tenchu or... Um, Metal Gear Solid, but it's nonviolent, and you're you're stealing things and like knocking people out. I mean, they they do say nonviolent, but I think knocking people down is technically violent. But I think they yeah. know what they mean, like killing. They mean right? Yeah, like, you're not no killing death. them, right? Uh, I think that's interesting, and I think that's something that uh, games are trying to do now, where like they limit the violence in the game um, and do more like. I don't know. Disco Elysium won a bunch of awards, and the game literally has like one scene of actual combat in the end. Right. And so, like, you're playing almost thirty hours of no combat, just talking to people and figuring it out. So, Mist is a big game like that has no violence, right? So, right. I like the idea of a stealth game. I think the Dreamcast needed more stealth games at the time, especially with Metal Gear Solid. So, I. I like the idea of this. I, th- I I want to put it in the C tier just because. Uh, really? I don't know. Maybe B. Maybe B. B. I'm B. saying B because I think there's enough out there to make this look like a really interesting game. Um, 
And I think that's what B is. I think B is interesting. Um, this one is... I don't know what to say about this one. Planet of the Apes. It's oh, an action-adventure game from Viziware Studios for the PlayStation and PC, loosely based on the film series and book of the same name. Gameplay was reportedly inspired by Tomb Raider. Versions oh. were... In development for the Saturn and later the Dreamcast, but both were canceled. The game suffered long delays, with the Saturn and PlayStation versions being announced in 97 and finally seeing release in late 2001 for the PC alongside a Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance version, and a year later for the PlayStation with all these versions being published by Ubisoft rather than Fox. Had it not been canceled, the Dreamcast version likely would have been roughly uh, around the same time. Do you, do you know anything about this game? I mean, I I'm know everything ne- about Planet of the Apes, but... Right, I know about the movies. There's, I mean, in, like, the only good human's a dead human, but, like, um, I do not know anything about this game. I've never even... I've never in my life saw, thought, you know what? I think I'm gonna play my. I'm, I think I'm gonna play a Planet of the Apes game, uh, Apes video game, and I don't think I've ever played a Planet of the Apes. Planet of the of the it's, Apes video game. I, I, PS One is the main version, right? Yeah, and you know I, I'm sure I'll be called out for going to like the the Metacritic or whatever the aggregate cor- scores, but that's the best way I can at least gauge what the general press thought of it at the time, and it was getting like four out of ten. It just seems like. Uh, it was not good, especially with all those, um, everything being held back. Um, apparently, let's see. I'm looking at the gameplay, and I'm going to be honest, it's not inspiring. Was, was this an AVGN episode? I think it was. Still trying to remember the controls. Right. Uh, I don't know what to say about this. I feel like if we knew very little about it, it might be in the B tier. But having known about it, it seems like a a C game at best. <laughs> at best, that's like be us being like super nice to the game too. It's like uh, I don't know. It looks tanky. It got bad. Yeah, I'm thinking that almost putting it in the D. Like yeah, it seems just like a lazy cash grab. And like I said, there's no like Alien games. They right. at least have a. They have like, we talk. People talk about the alien games, you know, the video games. Right. Um, nobody ever says, "Man, you play." Even if you Google Planet of the Apes gameplay, they always give me a uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes trailers and stuff. So, yeah. Right. Well, you know, Alien Resurrection was actually a really cool game. Um, alien vs. Predator Two was a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, but this one, yeah, D. This next one is Polaris Snowcross. It was a snowmobile racing game that was on the PlayStation and N64 and Game Boy Color. A Dreamcast version was planned but canceled. It was from Vatical Entertainment. Vatical. Um, Polaris Snowcross. Do you know anything about that? I know about the brand. Uh, is that What's the brand about? It's the brand of of snow. Uh, what do they call them? Snow snow riders, <laughs> snow snowmobiles. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Snow. Huh. Pol- I, I am. I do have some gameplay of it. I mean, it looks like a whatever racing game. I've never heard of this. 
I didn't know about like cool borders and those type of and that those games look better than this. I, I feel like the Dreamcast already had a lot of whatever racing games that were really forgettable between C and D, you know, right. like if we're if we're ranking them. This would have been forgotten about too, I feel. Right. It just doesn't look like it it doesn't grab me. Um So you, you put you, where, where should I put it at? I D it. D it is. It doesn't look super horrible, so I'm almost like, is it, I would say C just because it right, looks like see. a playable racing game and like we I put guess NASCAR Heat. Right, and there are no other snowmobile racing games. Right. Um, this next one's called Pro Shinen Mahjong. Well, we already know what this is going to be a Mahjong game. Yeah, it's just an unreleased update to an existing Mahjong game. Um, yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Mahjong fans. I, oh, all this one would have been. This is from Culture Brain, the Mahjong development studio. The Kings. Um, this one's really interesting. It's Project Eden. It's from uh, developer Core Design and published by Eidos Interactive. It was going to release Q, uh, third quarter 2000. Um, there are press releases for the game, so we can at least read. So it's from the Tomb Raider team. It strikes into the action-adventure genre with a radical combination of action and adventure featuring interchangeable first- and third-person viewpoints. You control a team of four characters. Gameplay relies heavily on character interaction and even single-player or four-player Gameplay, kind of like binary domain, right? Uh, um, there's gameplay for the PS2. Is this the same version? Project Eden. I don't know. So yeah, there's different characters. There's like a woman character. Oh. They have like these like spacesuits. They kind of look like like Fantasy Star, but like if they made Fantasy Star American. Yeah. Um, it looks interesting. Uh, the movement looks pretty good. Um, I never heard of this on on PS2, so that's one of my things. It's like, would it change the Dreamcast? It didn't even make a blimp for the PS2. I mean, it, it looks like it's people enjoyed it well enough. I mean, in today's world, a 7 out of 10 is like the most terrible thing ever. Right. <laughs> but but here, it, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe an A, just because it's from the Tomb Raider people, it's it's solid enough. It looks fun. Four player. Right. Well, four player characters that you play as, I think. Because it looks yeah, like you're switching yeah. between the, like, some characters so far. And, yeah. Uh, Robot being one of them. And I think it's one player switching, and then you can also do four player oh. gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's both. I'm surprised I never heard of this game. It's always surprising sometimes when we do these episodes, and I'm like, huh. All right, and you know this is kind of like the minor leagues for us. Like we're we're checking out the the players we've never seen before, and we're like, right. oh, we could do an episode on this one. Um, this so is what, a big what would one. you say? Oh, a, I I put I thought you wanted to put it in A. I was going to put it in I B. F- I think B. Yeah, I was I was being too nice. I think I think B. Yeah. Um, this next one's really big, and we will most definitely do an episode. Uh, dedicated Sega talk to this Propeller Arena. Um, there's so much to say about this one outside of the controversy, um, which we it, can talk way more about in the actual full length because it's so, exactly yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So this is an, an AM2 game. Um, it plays like an arcade game, but it's not an arcade game. It was released, developed, and uh, intended to be released for the Sega Dreamcast, um, really taking advantage of the Sega Net networked gameplay. It was finished. It was ready to be published. Uh, canceled at the last minute due to the res- uh, re- in response to the 9-11 attacks. Um, it was assumed that the Tower City stage was the main reason for this decision. It's possible to fly around and crash planes in a city based on New York. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. I feel like they could have cut that stage or designed a new one. I I will be honest with you. I think Sega back... I mean, I understand Like people are watching this episode and they weren't alive during 9-11. You're too young to be watching this podcast. But also... People were really up in arms about anything that was offensive back then, like just in terms of they're sensitive, you know. Um, yeah. But I think Sega kind of went too far because it's almost like, can you imagine Call of Duty being canceled because of the war in Ukraine? They're like, sorry, no Call of Duty. Yeah, this year. I mean, I think that. I mean, I remember um, they they delayed uh, Advance Wars for the uh, Switch because of the war in Ukraine. Again, um, Japanese developers, I think, react way too rash. Like, I feel like American developers are like, well, rush it out there. This is a hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's unfortunate. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's just unfortunate it was canceled. I actually have here my um, copy that I burned, and I, I put it in a, a European-style case because that's what I could find online, and there's even a little sticker on it so this this is my copy um and you could but yeah, actually download it and play right yeah yeah it's fully playable you can't play it online unfortunately no. but i think you can play it with friends and it's just it's a fun solid am2 style game i think it's just a shame that we didn't get a game that would have taken advantage of um the online gameplay right uh, that's something we needed on the dreamcast a lot we like, needed it and yeah. i think they were they were hurting themselves by by canceling it when they could have just i don't know like remove the ability to crash into buildings and remove the building stage pretty simple right i don't know um or even make 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 that other level like an optional download like if you're not that offended you could download the level yeah and i i feel like you know, we t- there's talk of like a Dreamcast Mini. This is like prime a prime game for a Dreamcast Mini because it's completed. It needs to have a, a release. I don't know why Sega sat on it. I'm surprised it hasn't been like a Sega Ages title. Um, it's AM2. It's an unreleased AM2 game. Right. Um, I'm gonna say A because I think the online gameplay would have been like cool. I don't think it would have saved the Dreamcast, no. but. Just because it's a new IP, like if it was like Outrun Three, I would be like, oh, or Outrun Two at the time, obviously. You would have been like S, right? S, right? But it's like a new IP. It's almost like Outrigger, like right? Like we didn't know what Outrigger was. It's a fine game, but it's not like didn't sell Dreamcast consoles. Right, right, right. So yeah, we will definitely be covering this on its on a Sega Talk, but I, I would say A for this one. Um. Next, we have one that I'm sure you enjoy. It's yeah. Quake. Quake. I love earthquakes. I'm from California, <laughs> so like we were just waiting for the quake to wash us ashore. Well, this this is actually Quake, the, the video oh. game series oh. from developer yeah, Titanium cool. 
Studios. They would have been cool working too. on this. Um, First-person shooter, uh, a tech demo was developed by Titanium Studios running under Windows CE. It's a port of the 1996 id software game Quake. It was ported, as I mentioned, by Titanium Studios in 2000 with a development time of just nine days. Additionally, the original game source had just recently been open-sourced, aiding development time greatly. The proof of concept was created to attract attention of publishers, but did not result in a published game. However, its source code was distributed as a sample code to Dreamcast developers. So it's hard to say if this is unreleased or if this is a like the first hack you know like right <laughs> because you know, it happened in in 2000 when the dreamcast was still around and people were like hey we put it's almost like you know the the joke that uh, doom you know right. like, oh we put doom on a toaster this is like we put quake on a dreamcast right um we do have a quote from titanium studios founder that i'll read here uh jason lee steer he said the test port was a short project to demonstrate our porting capabilities the quake engine had recently been open source and it was very straightforward to work with. The fully functional port was completed in a week and a half, with much of the work involving conversion of OpenGL code to Direct3D. At the time, the Quake franchise was probably the hottest gaming news item in the game industry. When word broke of our port, we were inundated with press inquiries. For a while, we were in discussions on releasing it free uh, on a Dreamcast cover disc, and ultimately Sega made the modified engine source available to developers so yeah this never would have been commercially available quake 3 arena is on the dreamcast but what are your thoughts like let's say a what if this was on a dreamcast magazine disc i think it would have been a super cool extra something that we would talk about would it sell consoles no i think it might have like allowed developers to make games on the quake one engine for pc and then Mm -hmm. be able to like Port it over on the Dreamcast in less than a week, which is ridiculous. So that would have helped it in development. Um, like you said, we already had Quake Three, so trying to sell Quake One <laughs> is going to be kind of tough for us. Right, I'm, right. I'm uh, looking. I'm playing gameplay footage of the demo that they did on Dreamcast, and it, it looks like Quake from the PC, but on Dreamcast, which I think is kind of a big deal in a way. Like I understand these games were. I mean, now they're ancient, right? But, like, back in the day, the Dreamcast came out in 99. It wasn't that old. It wasn't that long removed. Maybe five years. So it would be, like, almost as saying, oh, we could port over PS1 games in a week. I would say that's a pretty I wonder. Game. I wonder how it controlled. Yeah, you know? I'm assuming, like, Quake 3 with the uh, front-facing buttons and then the uh, joystick, you move the camera. Yeah. Hm. I don't know. I, I mean... Had it released, it would have been free, and free stuff's cool. Mouse I feel like, I feel like it would be an A because A are games that we know, we know there's something there that would have made them better than, better than B. Like New Batman Adventures was because Ubisoft was behind it, and it's the Batman IP. Um, in this case, we know what Quake is. Quake's a good game. If it was free, Quake. Right, especially free, and it's, like, yeah. with some online stuff going on, like, co-op, or... I think they did one with, like, multi the, the multiplayer. I'm not sure if this is two or one, but anyway. Right. A. A it is. A, A, A. 
this next one's funny. Quark. <laughs> it's not Quake. It's Quark. Oh, um, A, right next to Quake. Yeah. Jeff joking. Go ahead. So this was developed by Quantic Dream. It entered development after Omicron, the Nomad Soul, was finalized, but was subsequently canceled for unknown reasons. We don't know much about it. It was an action game, though. Um, what What would you say? Like, I mean... We already gave Omicron to a B, and this is from the same people. But we know nothing about it. So but we know nothing about it. C? C? I would put it on C just because I feel like putting them all the way down would be a little, you know, mean. Well, get ready for an S title here. We have Quest of the Blade Masters. It's an unreleased RPG set to be published by Ripcord Games. It would have been the online... Oh, it would have been an online version of Legend of the Blade Masters released a few months after uh, Legend with cooperative play and content that would be regularly updated. The 2002 PC version of Legend of the Blade Masters was always set to have the online features of Quest of the Blade Masters, i.e. the Dreamcast would receive two games, but the PC only one. With Quest planned to have an offline element, the existence of Existence of both Dreamcast games caused some confusion amongst... I mean, I'm confused right now. Amongst the press, which reported Quest and Legend. and Okay, so it would have been two versions released, right? Yeah, we talked about the Ripcord games. They did like this ad, and it has the Mm. Legend of the Blade Masters on it. And then we talked about another one. I forgot. I think we talked about all three games in this ad. So Quest of the Blade Masters would have been an online version of Uh, Legend of the Blade Masters. Which never came out either. Like, that's right. It's like this weird, like, four games they had. You can see yeah. the ad if you click on it on the Ripcord ad. You could uh, let me. It was released. It did get released to the wind. Well, no, it was unreleased. Right. It it, it was supposed to be a, a, a separate release of an unreleased game. So it's kind of like uh, Speed Devils, and then they did Speed Le- Devils Online. That's how it would have been. It looks kind of cool, though. It was. Um... So the game was in development by Ronin Entertainment uh, in, and by several former LucasArts employees. Right. Environments of the games were inspired by uh, Hayao Miyazaki, including Nausicaa, uh, Lupita, and Princess Mononoke. That sounds kind of cool. I don't know. It, it never. It does sound cool, but like they, I don't know. I forgot what we gave the other, the Legend of the Quest Masters. Maybe we put it in the D because we didn't know enough about it. I could double check real quick, though. Um, yeah, it says someone did play it. Um, someone did a hands-on in the in two thousand at E three for Gamespot, and they said uh, running on the PC, the game controlled almost flawlessly, primarily using the mouse. But being an action RPG with a lot of running and direct fighting included, it could control even more seamlessly on the Dreamcast pad. Uh, there's open landscapes, universal hand-to-hand combat, assorted spells, uh, five playable characters, each with unique weapons and abilities. Man, what... You know... What a weird game to be lost. Like, this is one of the demos that I would actually want to see come out on CD Romance. And I, I wonder, I'm like, should I Google and see if there was a demo released on this? Because I feel like if we talk about it and be like, hey, man, and then somebody's like, it's on CD Romance. No, I don't think so. No, I Googled it. 
I, I think with former LucasArts employees behind it and being based on Miyazaki stuff, like the... and having kind of a glowing, <laughs> well, it has a glowing preview, right, from GameSpot, like maybe B, yeah, like that's being nice to a game that we especially know very little about. if it was going to be uh, having online content being updated would have made it legendary because I feel like that's one of my fondest memory of Fantasy Star Online being able to download Quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this next one's called Rally Championship 99, also known as Mobile One Rally Championship uh, Racing Game. I, I feel like there's been so many unreleased or forgotten about racing games. Right. This one just... I mean, it would just be a game, so would it be C or D? <laughs> I, I think D, just because it's like an unknown sports game that we have more than enough of. I don't know. Oh, we're talking about Rally. Oh, right. Well, we have another one, then. We have Rally Masters. It's a racing game from Digital Illusions for the PlayStation and Windows PC versions. We're also in development for the Dreamcast and N64, but never released. Rally Masters. Where would you put this one? Mm, I mean, it's hard to, like... We don't know anything about it, so I feel like I... I would want to put it in like the D tier again because like are we really going to how many rally games outside maybe outside of Sega Rally were you like we got another we got another rally game coming up well George I'm going to have to call you ignorant I mean maybe I am ignorant I'm trying to think of it uh, I, I looked it up uh, it did release as Michelin Rally Masters Race of Champions. Oh, you should have and said that. it hey. won the award for Racing Game of 2000 from IGN. And it uh, looks like it consistently got eights. Eights out of tens. Hmm. Um, Maybe yeah, people seem to like it. C? I don't know if I would put it into B, but... C? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. There's just there's so many racing games on the Dreamcast. It's It's... Also, One more. yeah, yeah. I'm not a very big racing fanatic, so maybe I'm the I am a little ignorant, so I would be okay with that <laughs> title. Uh, this next one's called Redline Arena. It was a planned Dreamcast sequel to the '99 first-person shooter Redline. It would have oh, had yeah. drivable vehicles and online multiplayer, but, but was scrapped due to difficulties implementing the online multiplayer. Much of the code behind Redline Arena was recycled becoming the 2000 PlayStation 2 game Motor Mayhem. Never heard of Motor Mayhem. Uh, if, the, here's here's the thing, though. This sounds cool, but the fact that they weren't able to implement online means that this would have either not had online or have had terrible online, right? Right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm looking at Motor Mayhem on the PS2 right here. And quite honestly, it's just like, it looks like it's trying to be like Twisted Metal, but kind of like kitty graphics, which is yeah. nothing wrong with that. It just doesn't look like the greatest game in the world, that's all. Like, And plus, we never heard anyone go, man, you play Motor Mayhem on the PS2, so I don't know. Maybe C? Yeah, maybe. Like if they if they got the online to work but they didn't, so it's kinda hard right. to be like I'll give it a C just to be nice, so people won't say I'm you know, ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. 
Um, well, this next one, I love the name of it. It's called Renai Mahjong Melty School. To, I know where to put this, so... This, I like... The data we have on this is it was published by Culture Brain. It was priced at 4,800 yen. Like, they got so far as having that. It's a tabletop Mahjong game. Where do those go, George? Uh, D, sorry, because we won't get them here, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, <laughs> this one's called... Renegade Racers. You got my attention. Also known, also known as Wild Water World Race, uh, blah, 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 blah. Wild Water World Championships. During development, it's a PlayStation and Windows PC racing game by Promethean Designs. Um, it would have just been like an upgraded port, basically, um, from Interplay. And I, I think, do we have video? We have video uh, of it. Oh or no, the, a photo, a photo. Where? Oh, and the uh, photos of it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this one. Look at the character select screen. That's why I wanted to share it. Wait, well, I'm looking at it, but all I see is like a picture of a gun? Or is this the wrong one? Where are we? Number, f- number four, Renegade Racers. Yeah. I see Dynamic. It's not coming up on here. Oh, it's not? Okay. It's It's like a hippie guy. A oh, big I see 3D it now. hippie guy head. I see it now. I think it's just because you, you the way it's numbered, I have to look at it. But it, oh. I, I found it. I found the picture. Look at that ridiculousness. Yeah, I know. This is like a big hippie guy. And then they have like <laughs> yeah, a, so yeah, it's a like a boat racing game with like cartoon characters. I like the idea of the cartoon characters, but I don't know if this would have worked as a game. I mean, I I don't know anything about the game. It just seems like a PS One port. Where would you rank it? Um, I feel like we've had so many wacky racing games that aren't that great that I feel like maybe a C um, would right. be nice. Me being nice to it. Nice. Um, this next one's called Ring Age. It oh. was called Alu Go Latte, uh, but it was changed to Ring Age, and it would have Easy been say. yeah, it would have been developed by Takuyo. It would have been a sim game in Japan, so it's a Japanese only game. Got you. Uh, there's an official website. Oh, it's just like anime kids. Gotcha. Uh, really basic top-down graphics. Nah. Say no Sorry, more. Guys. I already put it. Say no right. more. Yeah. Say no more. It's Japanese. It must be terrible. No, these no. are games like that we think just there's no chance they would have been localized. Um, speaking of Ring, we also have Ring, the legend of Nibelugin. Uh, it, uh, it was ported from the PC, developed by Arxel Tribe and produced by Cryo Interactive Entertainment, a pseudo 3D adventure game relying mainly on pre-rendered settings and reminiscent in the game play style of uh, Cryo's own Atlantis The Lost Tales. Uh, Let's see here. Kind of like a Mist game, it looks like to me. Yeah, yeah. It it says here um, no trace of a Western release of the cancelled Dreamcast version was ever officially announced. Until an English language prototype of the Dreamcast version dated 1999.99 was found and leaked. It seems to be fairly late in development, though only the first two discs of three were preserved. So this is a game that would have released here. It would have been very misty. Um, and there's a lot of lot about it. Um, what do you think? What do you think of this game? Looking at it, 
uh, footage. Yeah. I've never heard of this game. It looks. Uh, I actually kind of like Miss games. I think they're pretty interesting. And I don't think the Dreamcast had any point-and-click adventure games like this. So to me, I would at least be nice. A B, being more stern, George. I would give it a C at least. Yeah, I, I think it looks. It looks pretty cool. I'm gonna give it a C because I don't know if it's a, that great of a game, and, and I definitely wouldn't. I don't know if I would put it with like Oni or Quest of the Blood Blade Masters with online. So C, I would put it at least. Okay, let's see it. Um, this next one's called Roswell Conspiracies Whoa. from. Developed by Climax and published by Red Storm Entertainment, it's an action bank action game uh, based upon the Roswell Conspiracies cartoon, which I've never heard of. The game was released for the PlayStation and Game Boy Color. Dreamcast and N sixty four versions were in development, but never released. Roswell Conspiracy. It's crazy. Oh, that I remember this show, and it's crazy that they have a website for it on the archives. So it's like you can see what. Their website used to look like. Oh, this show. Do you remember BKN? They they were like they did cartoons. I've never um, seen the show, so I'm like, whoa. whoa. Yeah, it's uh, BKN. I'm trying to remember what else they made. They did Mighty Max. Uh, they did. I mean, before they changed the name, uh, they did do Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. But at around this time, when this show came out, it was, the aesthetics were very, like, let's rip off, like, the Men in Black cartoon, but, like, without a big budget. Um, Perfect. square jaws, very realistic, like, proportions, I guess. Um, It looks kind of cool, though. I don't know why I've never watched this show. The show might be good, but we know we don't know much about the game, so it's kind of like where would you put it at? It looks like X Files for kids. I'm kind of digging it. Why don't I own this? Why don't I watch this? Why isn't this my favorite show? A? No, I'm just kidding. It's no. not an A. Um, maybe B. Like that's kind of I. I again, I think there aren't that many like action adventure games for kids. Max Steel comes to mind, right? Um, but there aren't that many like. You know, maybe I don't want to say kids, but like teenager action adventure games that aren't like super violent based on a cartoon. To me, that's like a win. Right. All right. I'll put it. I'll put it. I put it in B. I'm gonna seek out the show after this too. Um, next up, we have Rune. We know nothing about it, and yet there is a. Uh, a review of it, an eighty percent review from Master Games. How, How do, do you, you re- review? Is there like a like a leaked ROM or something? There's. It says on page forty, but they don't even have the image, so I don't know. D, like I know nothing about this, and yet someone thinks it's an eighty. What is this anyway? Weird Master Games See, page forty. I can't research things when they don't exist. Even when they give proof, when they're like, oh, it's in Master Games, page 40. A magazine oh. that no one owns. Apparently not, because it's not even on there. So, okay, I got it. Done. All right. Uh, the next one is called Sacrifice. 
Nice. This one would have been from Shiny Entertainment, published by Interplay, but we know nothing about it. D, because, I mean, it's a sacrifice to put it anywhere above the, when we don't know anything, just name Well, we'll sacrifice it to D, right? Right. This one is called St. Poppins. Mary, like Mary Pop, Mary Poppins. Like, it's her, her like priest <laughs> when that she, she goes di- to. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like when she died years later. We gave oh, her a sainthood. We called her Saint Poppins. The Catholic Church came in and was like, "That she's one of us." <laughs> All we know is it appears to be a Japanese game. Uh, it would mm-hmm. have been an adventure game. We know nothing about it. But the, I mean, I do like the idea that it's an adventure game based on a dead Mary Poppins, but <laughs> we're going to have to put it just in D because it would be unfair. Uh, this next one did get released, but on the PC it's called Sanity Aiken's Artifact from developed by Monolith Productions. Ooh, Monolith. Um, the guys that did, con- they did uh, uh, Condemned. Interestingly, it was also reviewed by that place that claimed that, what was it, Rune or Sacrifice was real. Master Games. Oh, oh, weird. They get all the uh, unreleased games. What was it called again? It was called Sanity Aiken's Artifact. Oh, I know this game. So this is the one with the guy who kind of looks like... um... Oh, yeah, we did talk about this game when we talked about... um... When we talked about uh, Mon- uh, Condemned, we yeah, talked about yeah, the he's got game. yellow hair. And it was, um, the voice actor was like Ice-T or somebody that I'll voiced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people, um, Ice-T voiced it. And it's like people who love this game really love it. And then other people are just like, eh, it's so-so. I don't right. know. For a That's dream kind of cool. Kind of reminds me of like MDK or whatever. Like I think two was really well done. Um, the port, uh, I, I always was impressed with it. I think it's because they always put those MDK. Uh, is it MDK? Uh, they always put the demos in in the demo disc. You know what I'm talking about? Oh right? yeah 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 yeah. So it kind of reminds me of that, but it's like a top down game. Um, mm-hmm. Well acted at least. They got like actual celebrities. So to me, I would put it at least in C. Okay, that's fair. Um, this next one we have is, oh, a little title now known as Scud Race. Oh, A, for sure. I mean, okay, so you can tell people <laughs> about the games that they haven't... Yeah, yeah, so Scud Race, this is going to have a Sega Talk. It most right. definitely will. Um, it stands for Sports Car Ultimate Drive Race, which I never knew until now. Um, this is an uh, AM2 game. And, uh, yeah, arcade racing game. Uh, It's the spiritual sequel to Daytona USA. Features similar control scheme, uh, HUD, and visual style. But it exchanges NASCAR stock cars for GT supercars. And, you know, much like Daytona USA 2 until recently, it did not see release anywhere. Um, wait, Scud Race never got released anywhere, right? No, it was it's an arcade-only game. I think the closest yeah, yeah, we yeah. got was some of the tracks were ported to OutRun 2 on uh, Xbox. That's right, that's right. And out and uh, Daytona USA 2 is finally being released. So this one has, a, I think, a decent chance of appearing in a Yakuza game eventually. Yeah, oh yeah. I really hope so. So yeah, this one... A... Absolutely, because okay. I, I feel like 
any AM2 racer that gets a Dreamcast port is like, you know, it's it's a gift from from the it's, Lord Jesus Christ. Right. I agree with that. But there's licensed cars in it, uh, so I don't know. Is it licensed? Porsche, I, I I don't know if they have Porsche and stuff. I thought Porsche, all... Ferrari, Dodge, oh. McLaren. They could just do the whole outrun re-release. Yeah, they, where... could, they could. But anyway. Oh, man. I want this one on, on something. I just want to play it. Um, and then and then we have SD Heruko no Ken Densetu EX. Oh, it would have been an action game from Culture Brain again. These guys God. make... They no. don't release games. They no. just they just announce them. <laughs> they just announce them. Um, D D in the corner. Uh, Beautiful. This next one's called Sea-Doo Hydrocross. It's a PlayStation jet ski racing game. A Dreamcast version was announced but canceled. Sea-Doo more like poo poo. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> it would have been from uh, Vicarious Visions. Vatical Entertainment would have released it. I think water-based racing games are kind of cool. Still probably in the C tier. Um, but it, it's better than more car racing, right? So Sea-Doo is an actual company that makes ski stuff, right? Like, I just yes. Googled them and I didn't know. So it's like a branded game. Right. So where you put it at sea? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, boats go on the sea. What was that so N64 one that was, like, really popular? That's, like, the only time I've ever... Rave Race? Rave Race. That's the only time, like, a actual, like, jet skiing uh, game was, like, talked about by, like, almost everyone. But, yeah. This next one is called Seed. We Ooh. know nothing about it. Great. D it is. <laughs> D it is, I guess. Um, now we have Sentimental Graffiti. Oh, I love Jetsu Sakai. I know. Well, you know, Sentimental Graffiti, I, I sentimental. think it's a, it's a series. Um, but yeah, it just it never released over here. I don't think it ever would have. So, you know, kind of just stick it in the lower corner there with all the other Sentimental Graffiti games. I, I do think there's something to be said about... Sick title. Like, well, I just, I feel like there are some games that I keep seeing, like... Like, there are a ton... It's, like, a really popular series in Japan for the Dreamcast, and I want to learn more about it, but I just... I know nothing about it. I like the name. I think Sentimental Graffiti is really cool. I hate that, like, Japanese games will have, like, a cool title, and then they have to add, like, some other thing in the end. So it's, like, it could have just been called Sentimental Graffiti. Like, well, who copyrighted Sentimental Graffiti? Well, if you love Sentimental Graffiti, we have another one. It's Sentimental Prelude. Okay, And this would have been a a prequel... (laughs) It's a prequel to Sentimental Graffiti. Are you serious? Uh, with an, yeah, it's oh. an unrelated story to Sentimental Graffiti 2. The game was announced in spring 2000. And it actually did release to the PS2 in 2004. But again, this is like, you know, it, it's a game that it didn't release over here. Um, really? Sentimental Prelude? It's just, yeah, it's just anime girls, though. I expected more from it. There is a calendar of the anime girl. Yeah. Oh, all I see is a bunch of music online. It's a dating sim. Oh, um, never mind. Yeah, let's put that on the D now. Cause I, Sentimental Graffiti 2 was uh, on the Dreamcast. Why, One was on the Why do you need a prelude? Saturn. Like, How, what is a prequel a... to romance? Like, right. before they meet, I guess? It's like, what? 
<laughs> it's like there was no romance. I don't know. I got really excited because I, I don't know. I thought there was more to this series. Yeah. But I guess not. No. Uh, we have Septera Core. Septera Core. We know nothing about this game. Oh, so I guess D. Cool name, though, but. It is uh, Septera Core. I, I think that goes along with a lot of those games we were having in the part one episode where it was like, super cool name, but uh, we know nothing about it. So this one now, Severance, Blade of Darkness. Oh. Do you think, do you think we have a lot to say about this one, oh, George? Yeah. With the no. title like that? No. No. Sadly, no. Absolutely nothing, at least according to the Sega Retro Wiki, is known about Severance, Blade of Darkness. You're better off watching Severance uh, on Apple TV. So, um, Got a little indie game here called Shenmue 3. Ooh. I think this would have been uh, S tier just to. F- I mean, okay, so it's not going to finish the story, but I right. feel like. So okay, now we're in a weird situation, right? We're in a weird situation because this game does exist, right? But it would have been a very different game because you have all the heavy hitters at Sega working on it. But also the fact that like. Shimmy 2 was kind of bobbed in release. Like, it only came out right. in certain regions. And it was right. like this weird thing where one sold the best, two decreased the fan base. Right. Um, and then they never did three because they screwed. I think they screwed up the release of two so badly because, like, they wanted people to buy it on Xbox. They put more money to port it on Xbox when they could have right. just done a worldwide release on Dreamcast and made it like, this is the last big Dreamcast game, I guess. Um, but let's say they did do two, right? They released it worldwide on Dreamcast, and then they were like, we're right. still going to do three. I think it would have been a S-tier game if they did it that way, right? Because if Right. If Shenmue 1, 2, and 3 receive worldwide releases to the Dreamcast... I, I think S tier all the way. The problem with it is is that Shenmue three would have come at a time when the Dreamcast was on the way out, so I don't think it ever would have released to the Dreamcast in any in any situation outside of maybe I don't think they would have just done a Japanese version because they would have been why are we just doing a Japanese version? Let's just shift it all to Xbox um, because Shenmue two's on Xbox, so. Right. It's really hard to say with this one because there's so many what-ifs that we have to get to the point of Shenmue 2 releasing very differently, which right. is why I'm, I'm going to say S, but like this game would have been very different from... We're being very um, ha- like liberal on putting it in S because, it, like you said, there's so many things that Sega did wrong going 2-3. Right. Also, like you played 3, right? Did you complete yeah. 3? I didn't. Okay, I did. But, like, I kind of, like, grinded my way. I was like, all right, I have to finish it because I wanted this for so long. I know, I got to do it too. And there's some revelations in the game where I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But then, like, I have to play this really, like, in my opinion, I know some people might disagree. I know this is a hot topic. The game, I did not like the, uh, the... the status thing of you know your health going down they did fix it later on in patches but it's still annoying did I, you play it after the patch yeah i played it after the patch um and, okay. there's, and there's like a uh pc mod where it just takes it away so it's probably the best thing to do um right 
But also the combat isn't as engaging as the old ones. And I also miss the right. textures. I understand that like the new game technically looks better. But I, there was something about the weird airbrush models they had for Dreamcast that I just really liked. Um, I prefer it, even if it's not as, I think, state-of-the-art uh, lighting-wise. Right. So there's some charm to that those old games. And if this game was just going to look like one and two, you know, and not also the save stuff that you uh, bring over uh, would have been cool to fully realize. So that's kind of stuff think, I want. I think this is an interesting one because we're not talking about the Shenmue three we got. We're talking about a, a hypothetical Shenmue three, right? Better um, music because we had better <laughs> musicians. You know, we right. have all of AM two and the Prime working on it. That would have been it so. Made yeah. It. S all the way, um, yeah. for sure. Uh, and we have a Shenmue 3 episode you can listen to. Um, I don't know how much of the development we got into with that. Sure we did. Um, but for the screenshot that I, I put in the notes, it's actually the Shenmue Saturn footage of Shenmue, like, two scenarios that could have been at three. So. Oh, yeah, the uh, deer? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um. Now we're going to talk about Shinryu 2, a sequel to Shinryu. Uh, it was going to be for the Dreamcast, obviously. It was a sequel. Oh, a sequel would eventually be released as Shinryu Explosion for the PS2 in 2003. Oh. It was a shoot-em-up game, and it looks kind of cool. I like the artwork. It's got the girls in the flight jackets and the guys in the flight jackets. Was um, it called Shinryu on the on the PS2? Was it called? It would have uh, the PS2 one was called Shinryu Explosion, but the original one it it was a uh, one of those like Sega arcade games that got a Saturn port. So this looks kind of cool, actually, a shoot 'em up um, for the Sega Titan Video and Sega Saturn. So it would have been a sequel. Oh, I see. I'm putting some gameplay. It looks like um, a lot. It, it looks. It reminds me of those games that they used to like. You know how when Dreamcast indie games were coming out, every single game was a, a shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that. It has nice depth in graphics that I'm looking at here, like the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me a lot of the treasure ones they used to do, like you know Ikigura. Uh I'm sure it's not as good as them, but. I, I don't know where to rank it. Where were you ranked this at? Maybe a B because I don't think it's we, not a. Did we have that many shoot 'em up games on Dreamcast? I know Saturn had like a gazillion, but did Dreamcast have like a million? I, I all I can think about is Ikuguro. I I think the thing is, is at the time there weren't a lot of them on the Dreamcast. Later on, right there were. after it's you know. The so I I think this would have been. I don't think it would have been an A title, like one that we would have all remembered and talked about, but it would have been a solid one, probably, that people would have ended up selling for, like, hundreds of dollars on right. uh, eBay. Because nobody bought it when um, it came out. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, B. B for that one. Um, this next one's called Shrapnel Urban Warfare 2025. Again, this is from uh, Ripcord. They had that... Uh, In a couple of US- years, we'll catch up. Yeah, we're almost there. And um, it's a first-person shooter. 
set for release on the Dreamcast, obviously canceled. Um, during development, it was known as MOUT 2025, with MOUT standing for Military Operations in Urban Terrain, uh, at one point set to be part of the Spec Ops series, oh, uh, though differing sense. themes led to Shrapnel becoming its own thing. The game was set to include online play for up to eight players. That pushes into the B category for me because really? we don't know much about it. Yeah, but we needed we needed online games. We definitely that, did. Like we were that like been cool. Like even yeah, I would say yeah. I like we were making a big deal about having Quake Three back in the day. So like, and it it was a good game, but it was like just a PC port, right? Right. Uh, this next one's called Sierra Sports Game Room, and don't get too excited because it was basically, uh, <laughs> it was advertised in the Hoyle Casino manual, and it would have just been like darts, I think, you know. It's from Sierra Online. It it just would have been like a compilation of um, stuff like that. the The advertisement for it promoted it as having ping pong, darts, pinball, uh, pool, chess. Yeah, not nothing too exciting here. Um, oh, and it says here when you're in the mood for a little tood. You can take on one of the game room's computer locales, each with their own personality and playing style. Now, my problem with this is... Oh, no, it would have been... I take it back. It would have been online, too. What do you think? I would still... This would have been... No, this would have been kind of like the Wii Sports of uh, SegaNet, right? I don't know about that. I think there was a Sierra Sports game, and I don't think it was that good, right? Like, there was one released in the past. Maybe. So, uh, I mean, it would be a complete game, I guess. So I, I don't want to give it a D, but a C would have been fine. Like, it's cool that they had it online, but, like, I don't know. All right, all right. Online darts, I guess, is not that exciting. How about The Simpsons Bug Squad from Red Lemon Studios? This is a recent discovery. Huh. Uh, it was... It's very weird. So it was never announced publicly, but its existence came to light after the contents of a dev box was released on the internet in December 2020. Red Lemon Studios produced a short pitch to Fox Interactive in October 2000 demonstrating their cell shading technology. However, it is presumed the pitch was rejected and the project was scrapped. The, player, the demo sees the player controlling a bug, hopping around 3D recreations of the Simpsons kitchen and living room, a non-interactive Homer walks between the rooms on a loop. There's no sound, and other rooms of the house are blocked off. Uh, it's kind of like Mr. Mosquito Simpsons. Right, which, which is kind of strange, to be honest with you. Which is really weird, because the Simpsons are iconic characters, and yet you're playing a character, a new bug character, completely new to the series, so that you've he, never seen Yeah, before. you can see uh, online gameplay of it. I feel like this was just a, like, a tech demo that they they made to show them like we can make a simpsons game but like for some reason they focus on a bug i think what it is is they wanted to test out their um cell shading techniques and what better way to do that than to showcase like something like the simpsons right so technic on a technical level i think it looks awesome um it's worth noting that this is 
it is cell shading because it's like actual black outlines. It's very clean looking, a lot cleaner than um, Jet Set Radio, right? Which isn't. I mean, it's a fantastic game, but I think it's intentionally kind of sloppy with the line work. Um, but this almost reminds me of the uh, Simpsons game that released years later. But yeah, the bug itself is not in any way a Simpsons character no. design. But it is interesting that they have a TV and you like they're actually showing itchy and scratchy. Like little details like that I like about this. You know what they could have done with this game is it could have been Bart and Lisa get shrunk by Professor Frank yeah. and you run around the Simpsons house tiny. That would have been more interesting than a, a Like Honey I Shrunk the Kids Simpsons game. Right. Like survival. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Um for what it is, though, it's a tech demo, but it's The Simpsons. And right, and having a cel-shaded Simpsons game when back in the day that was, like, with these graphics, I think uh, yeah. would have been pretty interesting. I mean, I don't know where the developers would have taken it, so I would have to give it at least a C, even though there, it's just a tech demo. I'd give it a B, because oh. I feel like it's... Simpsons fan. It's. I mean, it's. I almost want to say A, but I don't think the Simpsons. I think the the developer being unproven and the concept being kind of wonky. But I think the Simpsons as a brand would have really been cool to have a game like that. Some people will say that the Simpsons were in top notch back in this day, like in the two thousands. But I, I would say they were still like pretty. I mean, no, fairly they, popular. Yeah, this was when Futurama and Family Guy were coming out, and it started to really show its age. Um. But, yeah, I, I, I would say B. I think that's something that I think The Simpsons still need is, like, a well-done new game, like, on consoles. I think that's what they're missing. I, I think they could work really well, but... Because I think, like, the world of The Simpsons is really interesting to explore. Like, they created a whole universe of characters, right? So, it's cool to explore it, and that looks pretty cool. Like, just exploring the house was cool, like, in that technique. Yeah, and I mean... I'll admit, I watched every season up until, like, three years ago. And then I don't know why, but I just kind of stopped. And I'm, like, three seasons behind, and I feel like I keep having to catch up. And I'll sit down and, like, watch three episodes. And I'm like, man, I still got three three years' worth of Simpsons to watch. <laughs> so, uh, I need to catch up. Um, this next one's called... Oh, it's Sky Odyssey. Did I not click the right one? Let me see. Sky Odyssey. I think I, I am clicking. I mean, I have it on here. I, I got it. Yeah, Sky Odyssey. Oh, we don't know anything about it. Oh, yeah. Okay. That of was course. Nice. I go all this effort to find it. Well, it would have been from Cross and Activision <gasps> or whatever. I know the next one. The next one is called Space Invaders. Didn't it they have an is... ad for this on magazines? They might have. This would have been an unreleased... Well, this would have been an entry in the long-running Space Invaders franchise. There were PlayStation and N64 versions released. The Dreamcast version was canceled. Uh, It received a rating. It was listed by retailers. Um, But Activision claimed all this was incorrect and no Dreamcast port existed. There you go. They said it Um, it never happened, so F. So what's weird is that... Space Invaders is a well-known brand, but we've got Activision saying it never existed. 
Like it never existed. Even on the Nintendo sixty four, they're like, "There's no. a mistake." We didn't even <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I guess it it's been written about and like categorized as an unreleased game, but then Activision said, "No, that was a mistake." I was thinking about so Stupid Invaders. That's what I was thinking about. Oh, that game was fun. Yeah. Uh, but yes. So basically, we have Space Invaders. It looks terrible, uh, by space- the way. So a terrible port of a game that, that was terrible Activision claims was never in existence. D, so I D just for hating on the Dreamcast like that. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, this one's really interesting. I don't know. I think the port looks terrible, but what do well, you? I'm I'm gonna put it at D just because Activision said it never existed. Okay. Then. On the Dreamcast. All right. Oh wow. Okay. I didn't know this. Game yeah. Was this next shot. one's a big one. So this is uh, from EA Canada, published by Electronic Arts. SSX. It's an arcade snowboarding game. Yeah. Released by EA for the PS2 and a launch title in 2000. It was originally developed with the Dreamcast in mind. However, the team were forced to switch sides when EA chose to not support the console. Dreamcast, yeah. Um. So SSX. I remember this was a big deal when it came out. Uh. Oh yeah, a lot of PlayStation yeah, yeah. fans were like, "This is um, this is a great game with good graphics." So, I, I would say I, I'm hesitant to put it in S because it doesn't have the staying power than than like other games do. But right. at the time, it was a it was like a hot game. So, and it would also mean that EA would support the Dreamcast. So, I think that would make it S automatically. Okay. That's interesting. So it would have been EA's like entry entry. Po- yeah, 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 I gotcha. So I think entry point. It would have been a big deal because I feel like a lot of magazines were like, not even EA would support the Dreamcast. It's a because f- they don't believe in it, and EA was a big deal back then. I feel like they've lost their edge lately. Like, I don't think people are gonna be like, I'm not gonna buy a, a Nintendo Switch because EA doesn't make games for it. I don't think <laughs> Nintendo true. fans care anymore. But like. Back in the day, right. it was a big deal. All right. I'll give you that S, and I'll raise you Star Trek New Worlds from developer Binary Asylum, published by RuneCraft and Virgin Interactive. It was an unreleased real-time strategy game based in the Star Trek universe. It would have been one of Europe's first Dreamcast games with online play, but it was canceled when developers Binary Asylum closed down in late '99. And oddly enough, there's two reviews for it. One giving it an 80 and one giving it a 50. I don't know if I should believe those, considering right. it never released. Um, but yeah, Star Trek uh, online RTS game for Europe. What do you think? RTS is big over there. Right, but on the Dreamcast, I, I just can't see it working that well. Like It's already hard to work. Um, I, what were you putting at? It's hard for me to quantify this. It's, it's a known IP. It's an online game. But we we don't know how good it would have been. Maybe a B? I'm looking at the Dreamcast. Oh, I guess it's not on here. All right. All right. You would say B. Oh, okay. Yeah. You must this be a Star Trek one, fan. I, I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan. And I'll say that because we're going to be talking about Star Wars Episode One. Obi-Wan. <gasps> what? Uh, de- I like that guy. Developed by LucasArts. Uh, yeah, this game actually eventually released to the Xbox... Oh, it yeah. was a uh, game where you exclusively control Obi-Wan. You're on places like Coruscant, things like that. Um, I will say that this game was a platinum hit. 
on the Xbox. It sold insanely well. Um, and I mean, just with that in mind, I, I think a Star Wars action game starring Obi-Wan Kenobi that is proven to sell extremely well on the Xbox feels like an S title to me. Or no, like an A title to me. Yeah, I don't know. Was the game good? I, I've never played it. I don't know if you played it. It was it was fine, but it sold insanely well. Got you. Also, so wouldn't, yeah. Back, I mean, back in this time period, it was like I understand that people hate on the the uh, original trilogy now, but like people forget how like insane the fan base was for like any... oh the prequels yeah well, prequels sorry not yeah. just that but the games were really people bought the hell out of episode one racer like who cares what you think about the movie like right well know. even that even jedi power battles i feel like uh i've seen way too many copies of i played the game a lot so it's like was it the greatest game in the star wars game in the world no but no no but it was we were just so hungry to play as a lightsaber uh, Jedi. That's it. But where, where do you put this one at again? I would give this one an A. Okay. I think it... I don't know if it would have helped the console, but, I mean, we know it sold really well, so I don't know. Uh, this next one <laughs> is Star Wars Super Bombad Racing. Uh, it's one of the few Star Wars games I don't own. I want to get it, but what? it's so wacky. So it's I've never a, heard of this one. It's a big head racing game um featuring star wars characters from episode one uh it's it's not that great oh but, um, it's basically i'm yeah i'm looking at it now sorry go on it's not that great but it is like kind of a wacky like it's crazy <laughs> that this is actually got it is food. yeah and so it, al- it almost feels like in line with like the Austin Powers racing game or the the I agree. Flintstones two, where it's like so bad it's good. You gotta check it out. It almost feels um, like they like got the license for Star Wars in the last minute, and they were like, "All right, we already ha- we proposed portion everything for big heads, so they're big head right. characters." And I will say, speaking of um, C titles, I saw at at Target today because I was picking up Sonic Superstars. There's a Grinch game, a new Grinch game that just came out on the Switch. Did you know that? No. Are you going to buy it's it? It's the Grinch. And it uses the same logo that the, the Grinch movie and subsequent <laughs> games, including the Dreamcast one, has. Look at look it up sometime. Are you going to uh, buy it? I feel like I have to. Do a stream on it? It's the Grinch. Like, the Grinch is back. On, and it just made me think of the Dreamcast one. I almost like did a double take. I'm like, did they port the Dreamcast game to the Switch? They didn't, but oh. it's just wild. Oh, God. Um, it, it, it's real. It is real. Isn't that wild? You could also get like a full sticker set up for your Switch to make it look like the Grinch, so just in case. Oh, my God. You're in heaven. It's... I mean, it looks so bad. It's good. It came out October 13th. It came out last week. No one's talking about this. Anyway, um, the next game we have is Startopia. Oh. Uh, Startopia Unreleased Mucky Foot Productions. Mucky Foot. Is that all we know uh, about it? Yeah, that's all we know. So I guess a D. 
Right. It's kind of it's a cool name again. Like I feel like a lot of these developers come up with a cool name and then they're like, "That's it." That is it. Um, this next one's a big one. Never. It's kind of like Shenmue Three in that it did happen, but very differently years later. Right. It's Streets of Rage Four. Um, now this one, I, I feel like we're gonna cover it more once we do a Streets of Rage Four episode. episode proper. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this obviously would have been a sequel to Streets of Rage Three. There were at least two attempts at re- at creating Streets of Rage Four. The first eventually seeing release in a rebranded form as Fighting Force. Right. However, a more pure attempt at a sequel developed in-house by Sega was due for release on the Dreamcast at one stage. It appeared very early in the lifespan, being presented as a tech demo. It shows the protagonist from the first three games, Axel walking and fighting various enemies, both from a classic side-on perspective and a front-person view. Much of the demo is unfinished. And it's assumed the project was scrapped shortly after being shown. It was produced by Sega of Japan, but rumors state that disdain from Sega of America led to the project being axed. Sega of America had reportedly had a shift in managerial staff at the time, who are said to have been unaware of the series' past success on the Mega Drive, ultimately coming to the conclusion that the game would be unprofitable. Yuzo Kashiro was involved in the project in some form. So, yeah, this one, I mean, it's cool. It... There is tech demo footage. Right, um, I'm showing it now, and it's, uh, eh. like, they're trying to, like, modernize the game, and I think that's, like, a mistake they make. I think Final Fight, uh, streetwise on the PS2, was trying to do the same exact thing that Sega thought, where they're like, it has to be 3D, and they have some interesting ideas, like the, uh, they have this one where they show you co-op moves you could do, but, like... Overall, like I don't like the first-person view fighting. It's dumb. Um, so S, right? So S for sure. No. <laughs> um, if they, I mean, it's hard to like, quant- like, well, where will you be going with this game? Are you going to be doing first-person view mode areas the whole time? Um, I feel like this could have been like one of the worst. Like Final Fight destroyed its brand. With Streetwise, I'm pretty sure that's like, or whatever it was called. I think that was the last one to come out. A major release for the franchise. So I feel like Sega being protective of Streets of Rage, especially a numbered uh, sequel, was pretty smart. Because 4 became this like really big thing, in, in my opinion, where it sold millions of copies. So I would put this... I, I kind of want to say D, but I would say C, just because I don't, I, I'm not... I need to see more kind of thing. Like, it's a big franchise. Some of the stuff in the tech demo could have worked. And they could have never done the first-person view mode. Just used it as a tech demo. So, I think C. What about you? I I would say C as well. It's got that brand name there. But from what we see, it just seems like a... 3D game. A weird direction to take it. And I'm glad we got the one that we got. Right. Um, But... Yeah. Uh, This one is called Stunt Driver. It's from Climax. It would have been one to four players. It's hard to say because I don't... I feel like I've heard of this game, but everywhere I look, I think I'm thinking of Stuntman, which is a different game. Right. Um, But I I see a lot of, like, previews, even from 2006. Um, I see reviews for it saying that it's a... 
1990 game though so is that like... yeah so there's a different one um but it seems like as late as 2006 they were talking about this game on the ps2 but it didn't come out it was a preview so i don't know it see if i can find it it sounds i don't think it exists does it exist i put gameplay and there's there's like 17 minute gameplay here so i'm gonna I'll play it. Is this Stuntman? Yeah, it's Stuntman PS2. If you put gameplay, you can see Is it from Climax? It is... Creators of the Driver series. Uh, it doesn't say who made it, but it looks like this could be it. It doesn't look too bad, actually. Maybe this is the game. Well, the, the Driver series is from different developers so i i think i think they're two different games i think stunt driver is a different game from stuntman hmm no no this one says it's called stuntman but they just say it's a developer of the cars the climax was the developer this one doesn't say the developer though like the name i don't know if climax actually worked on it so it's hard uh i feel like not the same one I don't. We just don't know anything about it unless it is that game. And it didn't but really. I've never heard of Stunt Driver, but I I feel like I heard the name because of that game. So I don't know where to put it. I feel like C because we're giving it more attention than right. any other D title. Right, right. <laughs> um, this one's called Sudden Strike, Sick. and we know nothing about it. Sick name though. Again, another good title. Suddenly Susan, Sudden Strike, and Summoner oh, from uh, developer Volaton and published by Interplay. We know nothing about this one either. It's got a very, it sounds like a video game, Summoner. Right, sounds cool. Sounds like a name for a video game. Uh, Supreme Snowboarding. The best one. Developed by Housemark for the Windows PC. A Dreamcast version was in development, but it was canceled. After publisher Infograms reevaluated their Dreamcast release strategy, um, reviews for the PC version give it about a seventy-five. It doesn't look too um, bad in like graphic department on. Yeah, yeah. There aren't there aren't any, or I should say there aren't that many snowboarding games for the Dreamcast. So I think a B would be me being very nice. Right. <laughs> it has some really. Weird characters, that's for sure. It's well, then it's got an yeah, it's got an it's, A. <laughs> it's got an A. <laughs> um, B it um, is. We're nearing the end of the S's. We have two more here with SWAT three close quarters battle. Of course, it's the sequel to SWAT one, far quarters battle, and SWAT two closer quarters battle. And now we got SWAT 3 Close Quarters Battle from Sierra Online. Um, I, I don't know much about this. I don't know much about the SWAT series from Sierra. How about you? I don't know anything about it either. But if it's like, I don't know. I've never played the SWAT games. It's hard for me to quantify if this is a good franchise. I don't know what they're rated usually. Would, did it come out for another console? So they were simulation action games. Yeah. Uh they were initially released under the Police Quest name before being branched off into their own series. 
Um, they were, uh, yeah, they they. They remind me of the Tom like, Clancy games, like the Rainbow Six. Yeah. Nothing. I don't know. Not not too much. I mean, I remember when Rainbow Six came out, and I played that, and I'm like, this is such a weird game. I feel so depressed playing this. Uh, I remember this one guy in my one of my art classes was like, can I borrow it? And I was like, what? This game that like I got for like five bucks? Oh yeah, dude. And he's like, that game is one of the best games I've ever played. And I'm just like, all right. So there's people that love it. That guy was like super into it. Well. With with that in mind, maybe C would be fitting yeah. for SWAT three. <laughs> um, System Shock two A- is the next S- one. It's from oh yeah, well it's got three developers. It's got Irrational Games, Looking Glass Studios, and Marina Games, published by Vatical Entertainment. It would have been a first person shooter. It came out on PC, um, and it did. Yes, you're right. Uh, it it it's a sequel to the 1994 PC game System Shock. The Dreamcast one would have been a port, uh, published by Vatical, um, and developed by Marina Games, but it was canceled. Right. And I, an early prototype was found. Look up the uh, reviews for System Shock 2 on PC. Do people like this game? Oh, that looks kind of cool. I remember this game. It's supposed to have, like, multiple ways to beating levels. So, like, it was kind of an interesting way of, like, exploring the world. Um, You could, like, This game, yeah. This game got really good reviews. People really enjoyed it. It's like... People thought it was, like... A lot of people would even argue that this is better than Half-Life at the the time. But it didn't sell as well as Half-Life. It kind of was, like, an underrated uh, game. Um, what else can I say about it? Um, I think they, they, they recently made a remake of it that nobody even talks about, uh, so, so oddly enough. Um, so I'm showing the original one now. Let me see if I can find System Shock 2 Remake. Just to show you, like, oh, no, it's System Shock. Oh, yeah, no, it's System Shock 2. It's called, like, Re-Engage or something. Enhanced Edition. Is that the one I'm thinking about? 42 years later. But yeah, I don't know. But I think that uh, this is a big game. But like I said, it didn't sell too well. So to put it in the S tier next to like Ninja Gaiden um, or Gaiden, depends on your... Uh, your yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. You're, you're thinking it's like more of an A tier title where right. it would have been great, but not really helped sell the console. It's weird because personally to me, I think it's above like these other games that are in here in terms of like reception so i want to put it in the s tier because of that but i'm like stuck in between these two like it has to be one of these but like the reviews are so high that it's like i have to put it in the s tier i think i do have to put it in the s tier for myself for yourself right okay so it is because i I feel like i feel like it would have had more hype on the dreamcast and people would be more hungry for an fps game and Watching magazines like Dreamcast and stuff uh, praise it would have, I think, brought in a new audience for the game. So Mm -hmm. I kind of want to put it in S tier, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Yeah, so we have completed the S's. We're we're nearing... (laughs) I'm just kidding. Actually, we're pretty close to the end here. Uh, This next one's really interesting. It's called Take the Bullet. Cool name. And this is from Red... 
Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said about this one. It's from Red Lemon Studios. It would have used the Sega Dreamcast light gun. Oh, that's sick. Um, and it was a first-person game. Uh, Red Lemon Studios were acting as a 1.5-party developer uh, for Sega Europe. And this game was initially announced as Project TTB. The game would have been set in the late 60s in America, starring Jack Travis, a bodyguard hired to protect presidential candidate Kincaid during his election campaign. Players would coordinate their efforts with the rest of the bodyguard team to successfully ensure Kincaid's safety. So it was like a... Uh, um, what, what what were those called? Like a protection quest? What, what are those called? Like, don't let this guy get shot, sort of... Uh, um, mini game within like stuff like Red Dead Redemption and stuff, um, but yeah, there's a gang of thugs, thugs called the Children of Gabriel, out to get the president. What? Um, it didn't use high polygon models, uh, and the developers instead concentrated on getting as many characters on screen as possible, making crowd scenes possible. That's cool. Um, the main task would be to identify and eliminate enemies without civilian casualties. Uh, I guess like other a, like I guess there's a tech mm-hmm. demo somewhere online you could get. So yeah, yeah, it it displays all the action in first person, um, but it gives the character the option to view all the action from a third person mode, where the character is seen in front of the action. The game was set to feature twelve levels for players, and an arsenal of eighteen weapons. It was to offer multiplayer modes, including four-player games and local console 16-player deathmatch modes. Um, this sounds awesome, to be honest. Look at the tech demo. Like, I understand that like the con, like they might have gotten more development time, but damn, some of the animations so bad. Like they just like walk on screen. I get it. it's a tech demo, so it's like it's an idea of the yeah, budget yeah, more. Yeah. So like. Keep in mind that it kind of looks like a mess a little bit, so I don't know what their whole plan for it was so far. Because it's not it's not a rail shooter for sure, but it's like it a quarter show. Shooter, there sure. is a known prototype, but it's currently held by a private collector. But you can see gameplay online. Like somebody uploaded yeah. the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Can't play. So it. I don't know. This looks kind of cool to me. Where were you put? Where were you put this at? I mean, it's getting me all jazzed. Uh, but I'm almost. I also got jazzed about Picasso, so maybe a B. Okay. Because it does look kind of janky, right? Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, like I said, they might have like. It's like a quick demo to show the get more funding for the game, and they're like, "No, nah, we're good." But yeah. Yeah. Uh, this next one's called Test Drive Cycles. If you remember the Test Drive series, right. Le Mans was this pretty one, big, right? This one would have had motorcycle racing, um, Mm. which is kind of cool. So uh, Windows, PC, PlayStation, and Dreamcast versions were announced but scrapped, leaving only a Game Boy Color version released. Mm. Uh, An early prototype version does exist. I think this looks cool graphically. Uh, I like racing at night. It kind of reminds me of Shenmue with Ryo on the motorcycle. Um, was it cycle? Where would you put this one? I have to look at the. I have to look at the game first. Uh, test drive cycles. I got it. Um, well, you get to play as like a, a motorcycle gang member. Yeah. Um, graphics were pretty cool. Uh, I would. Say, I, I personally would put it at C, 
just because I, I was in the I don't know, like the test drive games. I, I understand some people really like them, so it might be me showing my bad side. Where were you put it at? I, I'd place it at C, too. Test drive weren't ever top shelf to me. It would have been cool, I guess, but... Talking about yeah. test drive. Oh, yeah, we've got another one. This is Test Drive Off-Road 3. It would have been an off-road racing game, but it was canceled. It was going to be compatible with the race controller, but, like... Of course it would have been. It's a racing, racing game, game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, C for this one yeah, as well. Yeah, I would go the same. Um, let's blast through some of these. We have Thunderboats. It's a speedboat racing game developed by Perception uh, for release in arcades. Dreamcast and Windows PC ports were planned, but all three were scrapped. It's similar to Hydro Thunder, but reportedly with better water physics and 40 AI players. I think anyone could say we're better than this other game, but never release, yeah. right? So uh, where do you put that at? Um, maybe C. We don't know much about it, but it is a boat racing game, which saves it from... The D? I mean, we know... Yeah, we know a little more about it. Um... Ooh. Time Crisis 2. I think this would have been a big deal just to take uh, exclusive away from PlayStation. Right, yeah. So, uh, Light Gun Shoot 'em Up, Time Crisis 2, well known game. Um, this would have been really cool. Uh, it's unfortunate it didn't happen. It would have done good, too, because I think House of the Dead 2 did really well in the Dreamcast. Yeah. We needed more Light Gun games, which is why I'd, I'd definitely put this one in an A. It's a proven. Developer, publisher, yep. well-known franchise. Agreed. Utilizing a uh, light gun. I agree. Uh, Eidos Interactive comes at us with Timeline. <gasps> we don't know anything about this one. Okay. It sounds cool. It sounds timeline. cool. It sounds like Time Cop with uh, Van Damme, so I'll put that in the D now for now. Next to St. Poppins and Summoner. Um, title Defense. Title Defense. It's a boxing game it. developed by Climax. Uh, for the Dreamcast, PC, PS2, Xbox, and GameCube, it was announced before the release of the Xbox and GameCube with the first version slated for early 2001, but it was later canceled for all systems. It was said to include high polygon motion-captured player models. Well, you didn't release it, so... Cool. Yeah. Cool for you, D, title I defense. I mean, it's just a boxing yeah. game. I mean, we had Ready to Rumble with Michael Jackson. Kind of hard to top all that. Oh, that... And... and the Clintons were in that yeah. one, too. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Um, this one's kind of like Shenmue 3. It's Toe Jam and Earl 3 Mission to Earth, a game that uh, no one really... was in development for the Dreamcast, oh, yeah. but and w- did move to the Xbox. We had an interview with Greg Johnson back in the olden days of the interview mm-hmm. podcast, and interesting stuff um it was one of those xbox exclusive games that are only on xbox from sega um it didn't light the world on fire on dreamcast i mean on xbox but he did say that like didn't he say that they had to change stuff on xbox to make it like uh or was it just the marketing he wasn't into i forgot the marketing i think he wasn't into but yeah this this game um it's fun uh, I think it would have been cool on the Dreamcast. It would have made more sense on the Dreamcast. Right. Especially if they could implement online gameplay. Um, there is a, a Dreamcast uh, like demo out there you can check out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's a 
it's a well-known franchise, so I, I'd probably place that in the A. I, I mean, I would agree, and especially on Dreamcast, just because they would have like the Sega branding. You know what I mean? Like going forward, it's like you would assume that like Zelda does the best on Nintendo consoles because it's a Nintendo franchise, right? Like, right? Yeah. Like how many games? Like, Advance Wars might sell a million on Switch, but, like, if they all of a sudden win third party and it was, like, on Xbox One only, probably not going to be selling as much as they used to, right? When you start... Or maybe it'll sell, I don't know, but definitely didn't do well on Xbox, so... Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, This one's really weird. There's two of them, actually. So it's called Tonic Adventure, not to be confused with Sonic Adventure. Oh, um, they just put a T instead of an S, I see. Yeah, it, it so it's a canceled sequel to an actual game called Tonic Trouble. It's a 3D platform game from Ubisoft Montreal, uh, released to the N64 and PC. Tonic Adventure was made from uh, 99 to 2000 from the same team that worked on the original game and Rayman 2. So it's like, it it looks really cool. It's got uh, some really bizarre, crazy backgrounds, at least, that have been released. I know very little about Tonic Trouble, but from looking at it, oh, I know this. It's it's very Rayman-y. Um, and, uh, yeah, it... I, it didn't get great reviews, though, which is kind of surprising because it's from the Rayman 2 guys. Right. So It's crazy. I mean, I'm looking at it now. It looks like Rayman uh, graphically. But like you said, it didn't get good reviews. So I don't know. It's kind of we already had Rayman on. I feel like maybe C because it's got that, that Rayman aesthetic recognition and team and it could have been better maybe they started to get better at it uh and tonic adventure also had tonic trouble which i believe would have been ported right the pc version um, is what i showed yeah right now, yeah so again see both of them um, okay i got you yeah yeah uh this is a big one not too much to say about it but it's it would have been tony hawk's pro skater 3 ported to the dreamcast it never happened though one and two did amazingly well for the console, so I'd have to imagine maybe an A. Oh yeah, no, I would even say oh, I don't know if it, S S yeah because I think this is the one that had the online stuff. I'm uh, or maybe okay. I'm thinking about four. So I, I I was I was so upset that it came out on PlayStation One, but it didn't come out on Dreamcast. I was like, oh cool, you guys are going backwards. All right. <laughs> Uh, this next one's a sim game called Top of the Formula for Japan. So we know where to put Top of the Formula, right? The bottom of the list. That's right. I'm glad you're thinking what I'm thinking. Um, this one's called Tower of Babel. It was a tech demo for the Dreamcast shown at the Sega New Challenge Conference. It was created to demonstrate Dreamcast's ability to run large environments. How do you quantify something like that, though? Like... Like, as well, a remember, game, right? We talked about this. It was used as the basis for Shenmue. Right. So, we can't put this anywhere. Right. Really. It's a tech demo. I almost want to put it in D just because it's it never would have released. Yeah. It's right. It's a tech demo. Yeah. So, definitely, I agree with you on that. Uh, Toy Fighter... 
don't think this is like uh, from Toy Commander. It's actually a Sega Naomi versus fighting game released in 99. Plans were in place to port it to the Dreamcast, um, but it never happened. Is that the arcade game? Yeah, so it's an arcade game. I know very little about this. I never even but... heard of it, to be honest. This is crazy. Yeah. There's so many fighting yeah, games that came out back in the day that I'm like, wait, what is this? I'm, this actually looks pretty interesting. Like, the characters look pretty unique. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just, there's a underwater... It looks like there's a, it's more of a grappling game. Or at least there's okay. some characters that have grappling a lot into it. But, Are you feeling like maybe... Be on this because it is an, a known game. It would have been a fun fighting game. Yeah, and it's a 3D fighting game, and I feel like, I, especially at the time, I was pretty into you know Soul Calibur, Dead or Alive, uh, and I feel like they just needed more fighting games at that time. Like once you got to the top four, it was like, oh, what else am I gonna play? Like what, Virtual Fighter 3 TV, and then what else was there? Right. So, yeah. The next one's Tropico. It would have been from Pop Top Software, and it would have been a simulation game. I think there's a Tropico uh, on PC right now, and it's still an ongoing franchise. I wonder if it's the same one. Is it from Pop Top Software? I don't know if it's from the same developer, because, I mean, you know, franchises change names. But uh, isn't this a, uh, like, Cuban or... Some sort of dictator uh, sim game? Maybe. I don't know much about this one, though. I don't know if it's the same thing. Um, which is why it's kind of hard to say. Uh, you make the call. Uh, yeah, it is, actually. It's a healthy uh, Latin American politician intrigue of a, a complex strategy game. We got an 8.8 .8 on PC. Still an ongoing franchise, but it's one of those games that's like specifically PC, and the only way I can see it working is if they um, you use the the mouse and keyboard. I would put it right. I would put it in in the C tier for now, just because um, I don't know. Like it's just an unknown franchise, even on PC. You, it has like yeah, cool fan you, base. Right. Yeah. Uh, this next one is Turok 2 Seeds of Evil from Iguana Entertainment and published by Acclaim. Uh, it's uh, It was released to the N64 and PC and a Dreamcast port was going to happen, but didn't. What do, you, what do you think about this one? I, I've never played the Turok games. I hate, I hate the Turok games, but like people were super into them on the Nintendo 64. I think the biggest drawback from them... Was the, uh, you know how the Nintendo 64 had like really bad fog? So mm -hmm. this game had like the worst fog in like draw distance, but maybe Dreamcast could have fixed that. Um, it was popular, so I would just, just based on the brand name, put it on B tier, even though I personally didn't like them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, we have. <laughs> Tyco RC Racing. Dang. Um, yeah, it it was it would have been a Dreamcast version of a uh, Tyco RC Racing game. I feel like a lot of these exist. I'm not too jazzed about them. 
I don't know, maybe C, because it's got the Tyco name. But is Tyco a big? Uh, oh, well, I mean, they had the. Uh, they sell actual, you know, uh, racing things, right? Like uh, RC racers. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Did you own a Tyco uh, racing thing? I had I had a race a uh, little remote control race car that could like flip over and drive upside down. I don't know if that was Tyco, but it was cool. Sounds pretty cool. I never had one, sorry, so I guess we'll no nostalgia. Mate, we'll, for this we'll Christmas? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this one's called Type X Spiral Nightmare, a Japanese adventure game that we know nothing about. That sucks, because that's a cool name, I guess. But that's how it always is, right? They right. pick like a, a cool name to get us hooked and like care about it. Peace, fondness, um, and nothing. Next up we have... UEFA 2001. It was a planned sequel to UEFA Striker, set to be released on the Dreamcast. It was canceled when the publisher reevaluated their Dreamcast release schedule. So, soccer game, football. Do we need more of these? I don't know. Maybe a D. Just it's not. Maybe a C. I don't know. I I'll put it on the D just because it's a sports game and we're uh, <laughs> we we don't know anything about sports. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, oh, here's one that's that's been kind of popular on the Dreamcast. Un- Ultimate Fighting Championship Tap Out. It was a sequel to UFC, released exclusively for the Xbox in 2002, but it was originally planned as a Dreamcast game. Um, but the Dreamcast version was put on hold so resources could be channeled to the Xbox. Uh, Did the Xbox one get good reviews? I didn't never. I never played it. I do remember the Dreamcast one. I liked it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, it was like cool, cool graphics. Uh, but I don't know if it had good. You know, like if people consider it a good. Uh, I just remember uh, me liking yeah, it. So what does UFC that mean? UFC Tap Out had like you know seventy five percent. Some oh, people that's liked good. It, so yeah, you know, I would say that's pretty good. I mean, I I know people are always like. It has to be 10 out of 10, but, like, I would say that's pretty good uh, reviews for the game. Um, Maybe B? For sure, because I thought that the uh, I thought that the original was really du- cool, and it really showed off the Dreamcast's graphics, so. Cool. Now, this one's really going to grab you. It's Ultimate Sky Surfer. It was a port of the PS2 game of the same name scheduled to be published in the West by Crave Entertainment, although plans never materialized. Um, that's kind of cool. It's like a sky surfing game. It's unique. Uh, what the? Oh, f- uh, subway surfer, sky surf. What? They have it on iOS. Why? No. Oh no, this is a totally different game. It's a totally different game. Yeah, I was gonna say, what are you talking about? Yeah, I was like, why do they have it on iOS? But no, you're right. It's a totally different game. Yeah. So, uh, where would you put this one at? Uh, maybe C, like, I, I feel like it would have, or, yeah, it would have had something that made me, like, want to check it out, like, sky surfing. Sounds wild. Um, Unreal? This one's odd, yeah, it's, so it's it's the Unreal game. Uh, the original? First person shooter released for PCs in 98. Um, so it's the first in the Unreal franchise and debuted with the so-called Unreal Engine. Now a separate product, of course. The Dreamcast port was announced early on in the console cycle, but uh, despite being firmly slated as a U.S. launch title, the game never materialized. 
No screenshots or gameplay footage of the Dreamcast version were ever released, so the status of the port's unknown. However, Unreal did see a Dreamcast release with its spin-off Unreal Tournament in 2001. So, yeah, with this one, let's let's consider Unreal as a Dreamcast launch title. Would that have helped boost the launch? I think so. I, it would have, it wouldn't have hurt it, but I was like, didn't we just get Unreal Champion? And was that bigger? I didn't even know there was this. There was another Unreal game outside of Unreal Tournament. To be honest with you, so this is news to me. I guess I'm not well versed. Well, it's kind of like Street Fighter Two, and you're like, oh, I never played Street Fighter. You know. Well, like, uh, well, it looks like this is more like a Quake game, and then like, um, yeah, a tournament is more like Quake Three Arena, where it's just fighting each other. So, I don't know. That's weird. I don't even know where to put it. I, I mean, it is a big a big name. Uh, definitely now. It's funny that, like, their games used to be Unreal and their engine is called Unreal Engine because of these games. But, like, right. they make Fortnite. <laughs> That's what they're known for now. So, where would you put this at? Um, I feel like if we're giving Quake an A... You should put this one there next yeah, to it. Yeah, because it's a it's a well known series. I think it would have been good, but it never would have like saved the system. Unlike the next game, the Herbs Sims in the City. I hated uh, this this game. Like I just hated the idea. They're like so, the Herbs. You get it? It's like just stop. Well, they're the Sims, but they're in urban. Um, yeah, now, I know. It's so would have been published by EA, and you did like freak out about ssx you, you still talk about it to this day you're like uh, i would say the herbs was everywhere <laughs> like when you went to the shop to buy a game it's like herbs on the ps2 i don't know if it sold well but i remember it being like everywhere maybe a b i'm like i'll put some gameplay footage but it is literally a sims game on console so i mean it has a mainstream fan base. I can't... It's not for me, but... Hard for me to... I don't know if this is an actual good game because I never played it. So, where were you put it at? Uh, maybe a, a, a B. Because yeah, it's, it's a franchise you don't like, but other people do. and Right. I, I, it wouldn't have yeah. been... Yeah. I played some um, cities, but... Now, if you want a really bad game, here we have Callisto Entertainment's VIP based on the Pamela Anderson v- TV show. Ooh. This one definitely. This one was an uh, angry video game nerd episode. It was, it's terrible. Even Sega Retro Wiki says it's critically panned. So um, D, D all the way around. Okay, you know, so it's proof that even an established TV show IP like. You know, VIP can't save it, whereas Roswell Conspiracies, we give it a B. Um, this one I'm intrigued by, just by the name, Vampire the Masquerade Redemption. They it's a PC kinda, game. Mm-hmm. No, they, they kind of rebooted it recently, so it has like more like mainstream stuff now. But yeah, I've never played the original, so I can't. Yeah, yeah, so this was a PC game released as part of the Vampire the Masquerade series. Um they wanted to bring to the Dreamcast, but they didn't have a publisher. What would you say? It's an RPG. It looks like an open-world RPG. Uh, I'm trying to see this the reviews on it. Um, let me see that first. Um, I, I played the new one that they just rebooted. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was it was pretty all right. I have seen this cover before in places, but um, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't really tell me much about it. Let me look at the Steam page. It's crazy that like, oh great, Steam thinks I'm a vampire. People I actually seem to love this game. Yeah, it has not eleven thousand re- uh, reviews, and it says it's uh, very positive. So, kind of uh, feel like it should be at least an A minimum. Okay, that sounds fair. And plus, you get to be a vampire. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um. Varuna's Forces. It's a first-person shooting game from Ascent Media and set to be published by JVC for the Saturn 3DO and Atari Jaguar CD. Saturn version was canceled in favor of Dreamcast version, and the 3DO Jaguar versions were canceled due to poor console sales. The Dreamcast version itself uh, was abandoned later. Finally, the developers moved to PC, but by then JVC had run into financial trouble. Um, Despite all that... We do have footage of the game. Oh. So this is, I think, our last video footage that we have. But, yeah, this definitely looks like an Atari Jaguar CD game. Let me, um, uh... This is the HD, this is, uh... You're going to want to click around, because there's not much to see. It's like... Ships flying through formations and then, like, a weird puzzle screen of, like... What was it called again? Uh, Varuna's Forces for the Atari Jaguar CD. Oh, I see it now. Okay. Yeah. Like, think, think like, Night Trap, but ten times more boring. We have Dreamcast footage, right? Oh, what's his name's in it? That actor from... From what? Oh, man. Uh, um, the Green Mile. Is that him? Uh, what was it? What was it? I, I'm trying to look for it, but I don't see Michael it. Clark Duncan. What? Oh, I see. Actually, you have a link right here, and I'm over here trying to look for it. Yeah, know. yeah, it's in the notes. Oh, I see. You got the Jaguar. Okay, that's... Yeah, yeah, Michael Clark Duncan's in it. It's just like a lot of people talking to you and then like ships flying around and then like a map screen. We're giving a lot of attention to this game when it honestly looks good. It doesn't boring. deserve it. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like one of those games where you like bought for Sega Saturn and you're like, oh, these guys are really focused on trying to be realistic, right? And then right. you're like, I guess it's. And then. Oh, it does have the guy from the Green Mile. Yeah. They probably paid him a gazillion dollars for this. Well, for that with all that in mind, I, I don't think it would have done well at all on the Dreamcast. No. I think it looks super dated, super bad. I hate to give it a D, but it's just... This looks like it would have been better on the Saturn. I agree. Um, this next one, I'm torn on. Uh, Dynamic Golf in Japan. It's a Naomi Golf Sim... Uh, but it would have released as Virtua Golf. So it would have given us an arcade port. It would have given us a new Virtua title. Um, it was Virtua Golf, I should say, in America. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, WoW Entertainment Golf Game. It sounds I, I, cool. It sounds chill. And I think we didn't have that many good golf games on the Dreamcast. So would it have set on fire? Probably not. But it would have given us a good golf game. 
Yeah, I, I would say A, just because WoW Entertainment's proven it would have been an arcade port, and it probably would have been the only good golf game right, on the on Dreamcast. The Dreamcast. Yep. Uh, sticking with Virtua, we have Virtua Striker 2, which was the Model 3 version. Uh, it's a sequel to Virtua Striker. Was this another was... one that's like A? Yeah, and so it just feels like it's another arcade port that would have been cool on the Dreamcast. Didn't happen. But yeah, A. Yeah. Um, let's see this next one. Oh, George, you hear that alarm bell? Virtual. We have, oh. we have ten games left. Oh, this countdown. is the final lap. So virtual, virtual pool three with that L there. It Ooh. tells you it's not a Sega game. Yes, right. this was a PC billiards game. Dreamcast port was canc- or was planned but it was canceled for unknown reasons. A PlayStation version eventually arrived in 2003. I'm assuming PlayStation 1. It was probably one of those weird PS1 games releasing when the PS2 was around. So Right, and it was like 10 bucks, and you could buy it bef- with the gum and chocolate yeah, bars before you left. This just screams bargain bin garbage to me, like right. truck stop, PlayStation right. 1 game. Sorry, Virtual Pool fans. Yeah. Uh, Viva Soccer. Also known as Viva Football, is an unreleased Dreamcast football game. Uh, announced and subsequently saw releases for the PlayStation and PC. No screenshots of the Dreamcast version exist. Unreleased soccer game. How many of these have we talked about? A lot. Too um, many. <laughs> so I would have to give it a like I, a D because we don't even have a like it's a PS1 port. We don't have anything. It's a soccer game. We don't know right. anything about soccer. And we American. even put. UEFA 2001 in the D. So, like, just another unreleased soccer game no one cares about. Um, oh, man. From Waka Manufacturing, it's VJ Monster. We know nothing about that game at all, but I love oh, the name VJ Monster. What is a VJ? Is it like a BJ? It's like a virtual version of a blowjob. <laughs> BJ. <laughs> a virtual. VJ. Sorry, kids. Sorry to all the kids listening. Um... Warzone 2100, planned to be a European launch title, never released. Well, um, I'm glad we'll be dead by 2100, so where do we put this? I don't, does it even exist? Um, It's a real-time strategy game developed by Pumpkin Studio and published by Eidos Interactive. Did it come out on PC? It looks like it did? It does exist. Yeah, Espanol. it looks... Oh, yeah. It looks kind of... I'm going to be honest with you. It looks kind of... Whatever. Lame. Yeah, it looks like Maybe. the graphics aren't that great. It has those real-time, like... Might be ignorant of me to put it here, but... It just looks slow. Yeah. So, I don't know. Where would you put it at? I'd, I'd probably put it in... I just think thinking of it as a Dreamcast game puts it in D for me. I'm sure it's fine on PC, but like any of these like PC games ported to Dreamcast never really go that well. Um, Whiplash 2 from Interplay. It was a planned Dreamcast sequel to the 96 PC racing game Whiplash. Um, I don't know. Just like, I, like the soccer games, there's just so many unreleased racing games that 
don't grab me. I don't know how good Whiplash 1 was, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at the Whiplash thing, uh, PS2 game. And it has, like, cartoony graphics, and it's, like, anamorphic animals. Or not really anamorphic, I guess. They're, like, Disney-style. Right, right. It looks interesting, but it's, like, a forgotten game. So, would a sequel done better on Dreamcast? It's I'll just put it on C because the art style looks cool, I guess, at least. But outside of that, I don't know if it would have made a big splash. That's fair. Um, but if you want to make a big splash, you got to be <laughs> Woody Woodpecker. In Woody Woodpecker Racing, this game actually was uh, advertised on the Grinch manual. That's where it's oh, yeah. uh, That's where most you notable. To, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a Dreamcast port. Um, but it, it never happened in Japan. It would have been called, uh, Woodpecker Racing, I guess, because they don't care about Woody over there. They don't? Um, oh. I guess not. But, yeah, the, I, I don't know, like, kind of like C for me. It's like, I'd, I'd own it. This would be on my shelf. And you'd do streams I, of it. I love stupid mascot racers on the Dreamcast, especially that... Disney World one where you don't race as any Disney character. They're all like characters that look like Disney characters. Oh, so weird. So what was this? Uh, where do you put it at again? I, I'd put this one in C. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember like Woody Woodpecker. He doesn't really have a memorable like stable of characters. It's not like no. you get Wood. It's not like who who's in Woody Woodpecker. Woody and uh, the tree that he picks. Oh man! Like, is there like a female version of him? I don't think. Oh, there's. Oh, there's the little. Um, there is actually. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, Chili Willy. Ch- oh, everyone knows Chili Willy. Chili Willy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when you go outside and take a pee when it's cold. It's called Chili Willy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they had eight characters. Um, yeah, it's it's a really bad game, but I'd still give it a C because I I. I'm amused by licensed uh, games, racing games. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one also amuses me. World's scariest police chases, Deadly Pursuit. It was based on the U.S. show World's Scariest Police Chases, which Ooh. I remember watching all the time. I loved. Remember, there was like a period of like five years where it was like when buildings collapse, right? When, and it was like a Fox thing where they would right. do like when tidal waves get too tall. Right, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, I gotta watch this," because it was the closest to watching like YouTube videos of people almost dying. Right. Um, Where would you put a video game based on the like that kind of clip show? Well, with this with this in in mind, the game was going to be a mission based uh, open world game where you play as a police officer doing various tasks. So think Grand Theft Auto, but you play the police officer. And let me blow your mind, George. Another planned feature was support for the microphone where you'd issue orders and call for backup. How awesome is that? I don't know about all that. Did you fall out of your chair? Yeah, I think... uh, Where would you put this at? Can I blow your mind even further? The developer's name was Teeny Weeny. (laughs) Okay, I guess it's S tier now that you say it like that. (laughs) Uh, the game received previews from magazines and sites and had various screenshots, but it was quietly canceled um, due to Teeny Weeny going bankrupt. <laughs> I mean, 
Well, when you have a teeny weeny. Right. Well, the other developer was named Perfect, so it's the perfect teeny weeny. Um, One of the programmers mentioned online that they'd managed to get cars, physics, and most of the city into the game, but no missions had been developed. And no prototypes had surfaced. In 2001, World's Scariest Police Chases Games was released for the PlayStation by a different developer. So... I mean, I don't know. It's based on a show that's just clips of scary well, chases. I think, given what we know about the developer and how they didn't actually do much work on the missions, and they went out of business, I would say C. I think if we knew less about it, I'd be more intrigued and pop it up to B tier. But I know full well I would I would own this game. It would sit alongside Woody Woodpecker in the alphabetical ranking. Like right alphabetical next to the Grinch. Yeah. Uh George, you're you're excited for this one. Uh Worms Pinball. I never played a pinball game of theirs. I like Worms the game though. But would I it's like do I want everything to be pin, pinball? So well you do. Um so it's a PlayStation port of the 98 PC pinball game. So it would have been a Dreamcast port of a PlayStation port of a PC game. Um, And let's see. It would have had two tables based on the Worms franchise and the World Rally Fever franchise. So I guess like a Team 17 pinball compilation. Eh, Sounds kind of bad, actually. I don't know. Like, you take a, a game like Worms, then you're like, oh, it's just pinball. Right. So I'm like, I don't know. It's like, do they have staying power to be a pinball game like Kiss Dust? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think if they did the Sonic Spinball route and, like, adapted the Worms gameplay with pinball physics and stuff, it would have been interesting, but... C, I would say C, at least. Yeah. Like, yeah. This one I love. It's my favorite name ever for a, a video game. It's www.soccer colon. I'm already going to put in the D, so. <laughs> it's a football management game uh, no, set to on the uh, online. Pl- yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. No. Online? Okay, uh, S. Sorry. Okay. Uh, and, the last one. Oh, my God. Well, here, let me. let me. How do you say that so with, the, with the two little dots on the top of A? Wars. Wars. So it's like an it's, art game? Wars. It's an unreleased Sega Saturn MMORPG in development Whoa. by Shuei System. The project was moved to the Dreamcast, but canceled at one point in 99. And Shuei System, uh, their other games include Wizardry Nemesis, Digital Kaiba. Yeah, so they had one Saturn game and one Dreamcast game to their name. Um, none of them released outside of Japan. So unfortunately, we kind of end our list on, I think, a D-corner game. Right, um, because like it's cool that it's an MMO, but like you've never made an MMO before, so it's hard for me to give you a, a benefit of the doubt. Whew. Yeah, so that, that does it. Now, George, first let's, let's look at this part two list. Mm-hmm. Just take it in. You notice a certain like shape that we're seeing here. It's almost like a pyramid. <laughs> the cream of the crops on top, and there's a lot of uh, stuff that probably wasn't gonna turn heads. 
Right. So just to call out the S-ranked ones, we have Ninja Gaiden, Shenmue 3, SSX, System Shock 2, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Um, and just because I'm in a good mood, the A-tier ones, New Batman Adventure, Star Wars, Obi-Wan, Virtua Striker 2, Time Crisis 2, Ver- Propeller Arena, Quake, Unreal, Virtua Golf, Scud Race, Toe Jam and Earl 3, 2 Rock 2, and Vampire. So, um, yeah, let's now overlay the part one. So turn that part one layer on. Well, it's kind of hard because it goes right over top of the other one. So oh, turn- but this yeah, will just give us, off. like, the shape. Got you. You know what I mean? Got you, yeah. And notice it's very similar, right? Right. So, In fact, what kind of blows my mind is that in our first part, we did 130 games, and in the end, we only found one, two, three, four, five S-rank ones. In part two, we did 90 games, and we have one, two, three, four, five S-ranked ones. So it seems like... The latter, in terms of alphabetical, had better games, I feel. Right. Um, also, like, like so let's say the S-tiers came out, right? Um, yeah. It would be uh, Ninja Gaiden, Shimmy 3, SSX, System Shock 2, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, Baldur's Gate, Black and White, Half-Life, Halo, and Max Payne. So that's some pretty good... That's a really solid lineup. And then as far as the A-ranked ones, like a lot of um, Sega, arcade games. Sega yeah, arcade like, games, yeah. That yeah. we would love, like uh, Sega fans, right? Right. And then some franchise games that just right. would have been cool to have. And then some like well-established games that just would have been nice to see on the Dreamcast. Like Duke Nukem Forever, um, Soul Reaver... Uh, yeah. So, overall, do you th- do you regret that we lost these uh, these games to time that we're never going to see them uh, on our Dreamcast? Never being able to get Propeller Arena online. Never being able to have House of the Dead three after two was so big on the Dreamcast. Yeah. Um, it's 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 shame. Like some of the PC ports, it would have been cool just to sell the Dreamcast. But like I could play those on PC. There's some of these games that we put lower, just on A. That I'm like, as a Sega fan, I'm like, oh, it's Scud Race, come on, dude. Like that would have been sick to have on Dreamcast or right. uh, the sequel to Echo the Dolphin uh, on Dreamcast because the graphics were so amazing. Um, it's just those types of games where I'm like, oh, what could have been? So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, top-tier games. But there's also a lot of, like, games that we probably wouldn't even care about. Like, sorry, but Woody Woodpecker's Racing wouldn't be setting the world on fire, even if it has Chili Willy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think? Well... Yeah, I, I I regret that we didn't get more arcade ports. I regret that some big name PlayStation Two and Xbox games didn't get their start on the Dreamcast. It would have been amazing to have like Halo, um, but again, Halo was I think in its infancy as a first person shooter at that time, so it would have been a very different game. Just as uh, the inverse, Shenmue Three would have been a very different game for the better. So it's like. A lot of what ifs. I think the the most interesting ones are the ones that were almost 
complete and then canceled, like Propeller Arena, or the yeah. ones that did receive releases shortly thereafter to competing consoles. And, you know, like Time Crisis 2 would have been really cool. I would have loved to have gotten more use out of my light gun, but and also the light, the light gun kind of sucked, though, because they never released it worldwide, right? So, right. So it would have been one of those things like, yeah, what yeah. could have been, right? Like, I feel like that could have been why they canceled the port of Time Crisis 2. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's our big epic two-part episode. Sorry I was so mean at the beginning, but, you know, you, you grinded my gears. Oh, you! I'm happy that people are... You know what? You should be okay to disagree with us and not get, up, like, get upset over it. I, I understand... Even if we agree on 99% of the things, there'll be sometimes when we say something where even me and Barry disagree and we know, like, all right, we'll just agree right. to disagree and move on with our right. existence. But like, don't, don't speak for the Patreon supporter who'd be like, oh, if I was him, I would have been disappointed. I was like, well, you're not him, so just chill out. Yeah, you're not cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so next time, uh, we should make a show note here. We are not doing a Halloween episode this year, so there will be no House of the Dead in October. But starting in November, George, what game are you covering, or would you like me to tell you? <laughs> uh, Project Justice. That's right, right, which is Rival Schools 2. And I'm excited because I actually really like the Rival Schools franchise or Project Justice, depending on what name you want to use. And that's one thing mm-hmm. I hate when games have two names. It's like, and then they yeah. try to make it a thing even after like years, like um, Resident Evil and Biohazard using two names on PC. Uh, it's kind of annoying, but it happens. It happens. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you then. Uh, thanks for watching and listening and we'll we'll be back to your regularly scheduled uh well-researched episodes next time on second talk bye bye